0: Fuck a new year, fuck a new me, the following content is the same shit y'all been loving for 160 plus episodes, that's an air horn, that's an air horn no more, start the show, Notice you notice when the year didn't gone so bad. You ain't hear you ain't heard a lot of that new year new me shit. Uh-uh. People just glad to survive this shit. It's still old me from
1: twenty nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't really had a chance to fully activate it yet. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh man, niggas plus information plus alcohol equals opinions. While black your black ass cheat sheet from the weekend for the weekend foolishness and fuckery. I am your
1: boy Oz, and this is my first full week with no sling on. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. Oh man's already trying to get me chores to do. <laughs>
0: hey
1: bro, slow down, man.
0: You look all right to me. I said, yeah, uh, slow down, man. Well I will say, we come from the we, uh, more you than me, but uh we come from the generation of nigga ain't nothing
1: wrong with you. <laughs> you be alright, you'll be alright. <laughs> you gotta learn to walk it, you yeah. gotta learn to walk it off. How uh, you know ain't nothing wrong with me.
0: Oh, my father was the king of walking off. Yeah,
1: like I had to literally explain to my father, like I still have a surgically reattached tendon in my arm that that is still trying to reattach. Well, Jesus. I mean, it don't look like it. <laughs> 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 that is a good one. The I fuck like you that. mean? Come on, man! Oh man! It is episode one sixty five. Keeping it live.
0: One sixty five. God damn, we moving along. Uh mm. shout out to the well shout out to the new listeners, shout out to the old listeners, shout out to the day ones, the last days, uh, first time, long times, all them shits. Particularly, shout out to my man Webster at the Sartorial and Geek podcast. Mm. Um they shouted us out, they actually highlighted us. And they they have a podcast of the week thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what I appreciate is that he he said by his own uh, comments that he highlights podcasts. Oh no, my notebook! Uh, podcast that he actually listens to. Nice. And so he highlight. Oh, he is a you could tell by the way he talks about us that he is a he is a long time listener. Mm. Um, and he shouted us out. And I have to say, he gets it. I like people. It, it, it's nice for people to discover us, and it's nice for people to, for you know, for us to be casting a wide net that more people outside of kind of our type of people are entertained. But it's nice to hear from people who get it what we're what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Um, because that's all one that's always changing. Or people we're who are just as fucked up as we are. Correct. Also correct. <clears throat> that's why people like like Chef. Chef is great because he he is one of those listeners that interacts with us, and it's all and when he interacts or when he shows us something that we might not have. Heard about in the news or what have you? It's always in line. He's always like, you know. I feel like for what you guys are trying to do, this is something you need to hear. It's worth your time. Mm-hmm. And it usually is worth our time. Um. So yeah, shout out to uh my man uh, Webster Man at a Sartorial and Geek podcast. Uh, it's like it's a good it's a good podcast. So it like thirty, it's like thirty forty minutes long. Um, does a little breakdown of the weekend geek kind of thing. Like
1: five of his podcasts inside of one of ours.
0: Correct. <laughs> Correct. He did and he did mention that, you know, we do go in we 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 do deep dive and things like that. So it's worth the two hours. So mm-hmm. he, he so he mentioned that. So it. uh again, people who
1: get it. Um
0: how was your week, D. Randall?
1: Let's see. This week was Christmas week. Yeah, so like I said, the the big thing for me was that um, on this past Wednesday, I was fully cleared to come out of the sling, so I have a little bit more than one and a half arms now. Okay. And and now the real work begins. There we go. Um, That real work is keeping my old man off my back (laughs) (laughs) about doing real work. (laughs) And, you know, it's – it's as as always, this time of year, even though I'm not a New Year, New Me type of person, I am one of those people that does do a lot of self reflection. Yeah, um, of course. You know, uh, and this year, more than many other years, was a time for um, for reflection. Not just myself on a personal level, but a lot of people around me mm-hmm. um, are also going through things that that require self reflection. So, yeah, no, um, that's right. You know, shout out to everybody out there that's that's going through some type of change right now and and is um, and is dealing with it both positively and and, and otherwise. Um, a lot of people, uh, and I'm pretty sure we're going to mention something about this. A lot of people who have escaped the last two years um, relatively unscathed by COVID within the last week or so i've i've known quite a few people who have you know finally come in contact with it and i say finally because i'm still convinced that at some point all of us if we haven't already are going to be you know directly in contact with it mm-hmm. uh fortunately you know my my friends and family that have come in contact with it have have all been vaccinated so symptoms are very mild um, came out on the other side okay yeah and 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 it's you know it's really just it's just really a testament as to how prevalent the the omicron variant is and it's it's really you know it's really out there and and being you know again very fortunate that the people that I know that have been touched by it um, you know the the results and the symptoms have been been very mild it was very telling that you know during For Christmas Day, Mm -hmm. my parents and I just went to, well, really, my mother and I just went to my sister's house and kind of, you know, it was real Mm -hmm. low-key. Spent time with her family, her kids, you know, my nieces and nephews. You know, Jordan gang all day. Okay. The family that jays together stays together.
0: Go ahead and hit them with the air horns. And I'm
1: I'm broke. (laughs) But during that time, you know, my mother was receiving a lot of... As she does every year, she receives a lot of phone calls from family across the U.S. and whatnot, and people giving their holiday wishes. And and so many of those calls this year were for people who either recently contracted or or recently got over some strain of COVID. And it was just just really humbling to to see, like, wow, this shit has really affected people. But, again, thankfully... People are taking care of themselves, at least in, in in my world. Correct. People are doing the right things, and and it's you know it's just kind of a sobering experience to to see like yo, this is really, you know, if this is the final stretch, like COVID is COVID is trying to go on a run in the fourth quarter before it's it's fully out the gym. I was gonna say
0: it. I was gonna say it came back with a fucking vengeance. Like this is this is the. I can only imagine that. This is the return of the Dark Lord. What that looks like at Hogwarts, like, oh, like all of a sudden, all of a sudden, everybody, you remember that? I don't, yeah. I don't remember what movie, which Harry Potter movie that was, but everybody was just chilling at some festival, and then the Dark Lord and all the motherfuckers just started tearing that shit up. Yeah, and didn't and didn't have
1: shit to say about it, and didn't really want shit, and just tore that shit up and left. Well, this this feels like. This feels like the one that will push us in the herd immunity. <clears throat> yeah. I think. I think the numbers have have spiked so much that. Correct. You know, one way or the other, we're, we're going to get pushed in the herd immunity, and this this will probably be it. I was I was say, you know what this really reminds me
0: of? This reminds me of uh, Iron Man 3 was on the other day, and Tony Stark really jumped out there in front of the TV cameras and all that shit. And talked cash money shit mm-hmm. to the, the white Mandarin and was like, and was like, Trevor think, to Trevor. It was like, uh, I think you're a coward. I think you're not a man. I think you're a little bitch. If you want to, and if you want these fucking hands, my address is five, five, three, so forth and so forth. My phone number is seven, one, three. And yeah. five minutes later, he got exactly what the fuck he was looking for, yeah. and they firebombed this motherfucker's house. Yeah,
1: that was the that was the wrong meet me in Temecula moment. <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, who'd have thought that Iron Man coming off of a coming <laughs> off of a five a, a five game lead, uh, saving New York, yeah, <laughs> was just gonna get his house leveled? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Life comes at you fast, bro. And I feel like that is the way Omarion has taken this shit over. <laughs> that cannot be good for his brand, Fed. It cannot. Like, He'll that thing right. is so mad. You know, look Le- you know, Lakeith Stanfield posted where he sent Omarion a message and was like, I really don't appreciate what you're doing to the community, <laughs> dog." <laughs> Touch, boom, boom,
1: boom, boom, boom. touch. Like all you gotta do is, I'm telling you, man. We gotta get that sound effect, dog. We if do. he <laughs> just, if he recreates that video with that same chick, and it don't have to be about shit. It could be called "Don't Touch" the Omarion variant. I, I'm telling you, that's gonna be don't all. Don't them touch. Da- them downloads gonna go crazy. Don't touch. It just does the same. It ain't gotta be about nothing. But it's just, yeah. Them downloads gonna go crazy. Nobody does disaster capitalism well anymore. So <laughs> I bet uh, if I bet if Nick Cannon had made that song before, he would have been come out with a corny ass remix for it. But but no one would have downloaded it. Also true.
0: <laughs> it's Okay. See. Um Flowers giving out flowers to Jennifer King, uh who is the uh the first black NFL position coach. Hmm. Uh this is according to because of them we can dot com. Uh back in January, King made history as the first black woman to become a full time assistant coach uh with the NFL working for the Washington football team. They got you know they got the Redskins so far the fuck out of here with that with, with that Redskins shit there, just Washington now. The team from Washington. <laughs> that is that's crazy. Uh, King is is one of just two full time uh, women assistant coaches in the league. But they ain't got the Kansas City Chiefs out there yet, though. It's coming, it's coming. They gotta start winning some football games, and before people even notice, <laughs> one thing one thing before the other. Um, Washington Football Team running running backs coach Randy Jordan praised King's appointment at the time, saying, first of all, she knows the game. It's really helped me in terms of seeing the game." in a different view. When we first started, I leaned on her a lot in terms of the terminology and the different things. Then the way she's worked with the guys, she's just coach King to us. Her, her input throughout the game, there are things I may not see. And she'll point it out to me. Her input is very, very important. Not only to me, but the entire staff, she's doing a heck of a job. Um, now King has made history again this past week when the WFT, that is the boy, they, They got to rebrand that shit. They got to come up with something. When the WFT Washington football team faced off against the Philadelphia Eagles, they came up shorthanded, missing seven assistants due to COVID-19, including Jordan. That's when the team decided to promote King to be the game day running backs coach, making history as the second woman game day coach and the first black woman to hold a position in league history. Uh, I did not realize that they had only that they had pretty much promoted her because of COVID. Uh, now the question is, will she keep the job? I feel like she's going to keep the job. Yeah, and Washington needs all the help they can get.
1: Yeah, and the good thing is, yeah, and she's she's kind of. I hate to say she's kind of protected by the stigma that Washington has over right now, and that they really can't fuck up right now. I would say they got to toe the line, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, and, and considering how toxic the how toxic the NFL is already, like she has to get out of get out of jail free card. If she decides it, it's not for her, um, she'll be allowed to gracefully bow out. And they move. really can't say
0: shit to her. Yeah, I was
1: like, eh, I'm moving to this other area, and then you know
0: she can pretty much write and she's good and she's good enough for what she does she can write her own ticket 100% um, so yeah uh, hit Jennifer King with the air
1: horns please uh, salute to her I also have one hit hit us this was provided actually this was provided from uh, one of our long time listeners A.A. A. Ron aka you know my favorite white person okay of 21, 22 I keep forgetting that white people listen to us yeah yeah and uh, he also happens to be Irish, like actually Irish, Irish. Okay, so he white white. Yeah, he's a <laughs> white white. Married a black woman, got black kids.
0: I knew he was white white when he when he hit us up with with actual opinions about the uh, about the quality of proper twelve whiskey. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then
1: provided us, you know, uh, alternatives. Alter, yeah, What's that? What, what yeah, I is? think I think he did mention Bush It went hard. Yeah, hard to remember because. It was a good day. Took it to the chest. Um, And this is actually news from from a few months ago. Um, For the first time ever, Miss Ireland, 2021, is a black woman. No shit. In the 74-year history of the Miss Ireland pageant. Let me see what she looks like. They have a a black woman as Miss Ireland. And it's a 26-year-old Pamela Uba. Okay, whose family was originally from South Africa, Africa and they immigrated um, over to Ireland when she was seven years old. Uh, she is a medical scientist. And for the last couple of years, she's been working as a first responder during the pandemic. Um, she was doing something at a pageant, I think like a year or so ago. And one of the people at the pageant thought that she was a contestant. She was like, "Nah, I'm just fine." Well, no, she that's not what she said. Well, she is fine. I'm looking at her now. She, she, she looked pretty good. <laughs> She's like, "Nah," but they they encouraged her to start modeling. And a couple years later, here she is, Miss Ireland, 2021, first Black woman ever. She got a big forehead, so I know that she is great. <laughs> a that's just a fact. I'm like, what
0: I told, <sighs> I've told you before the the this is a scientific fact that. The big that if you got that if she got a big forehead, the pussy is grade A. Wow. But yeah, she's
1: Miss (laughs) Iron. So I'm just telling you. And you know, thanks to her, you know, being a first responder and and shout out to her being a medical scientist. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, you, Oz. You're reducing that woman to a
0: forehead. So
1: this is the, this.
0: So we. If tried. Anyone ever accused him of pandering? I don't say that should not going out the window, <laughs> fam. So we. And it's funny. We try to. It was kind of a silent agreement. We try to keep this segment as non-objectifying as possible. <laughs> yes. And I. I started and I started drinking pretty quickly. Yeah. So I've come a long way in a little bit of time. So all that kinda of went out the window for about six seconds now while I looked up what she looked like, I was like, Oh, she got a big head And I just completely forgot what, what segment we were in. So I was like, Oh, oh shit. Man. So yeah. Um I can't imagine why they think this is a boys' club. <laughs> um humans ain't shit. <laughs> Speaking of which. Wonderful segment. Wonderful segue to go right into human's say shit. Boy, I ain't worth the damn. Boy, I tell you. I so one of so a new a new listener of ours. I don't actually. I I have to be honest. I don't know if she's coming back, but she definitely referred her homeboys, who are now who now have looked up everything we've done. Um, uh, Nikki Edwards, host of um, "Here's Looking at You" film podcast. Basically, she was like, she texted them and was like, oh, you have to listen to this. These niggas sound like y'all. But it never occurred to me that she was like, that she did set that in the context of basically this is a fucking boys club, no matter how we try to fight it. Uh, and these niggas were like, oh, these niggas here. Oh, we got to find everything they do.
1: These niggas right here?
0: Oh, Right yeah. here, my nigga? So,
1: these niggas right here?
0: So... This is what it's like, Houston's most savage podcast. Um, humans ain't shit, particularly I, because I ain't worth a damn.
1: Uh, just <laughs> at I, least I, you acknowledge I, it. Some people are in denial about it. all I, of us. Ain't shit. For the record, ain't none of us shit. But some of us
0: are striving towards better. Maybe. It's a it's I, a it's a rough climb for some yeah, of
1: us. At the very least, we acknowledge it.
0: Correct. Shit. Um, humans A shit this week. I just want to impress upon everyone. This is very important right now. Amarion is here. Amarion looks like he is he is trying to stay. Uh I don't know what that means for the future going into 2022. I know a lot of people had high expectations for what for the tr- changing or redirecting the trajectory of their lives going into 2022. Having said that, make good choices going forward as far as this pandemic, because the pandemic is not over, y'all. I repeat, the pandemic is not over. Tell that to the people
1: I saw in H-E-B today. Damn, they still packed in H-E-B? Which, by, by the way, After Christmas? For the first time in, maybe for the first time this calendar year, I'm trying to remember. I went to the grocery store today, assuming Mm -hmm. that it would be empty because, you know, the day after Christmas. Boy, was I wrong. And also, these people don't learn, the pandemic is over. Shout out to the Pearland Fire Department. Yes, I name dropped them. Shout out no, to Pearland Fire Department. No, I like them. Shout out to Pearland Fire. Shout out to
0: um For being Kyle
1: at Pearland Fire. Well, Kyle was probably in HEB today, fully and thoroughly unmasked, along with the with a dozen other
0: in uniform.
1: Fire, yes. With the trucks pulled up in the front, I'm gonna talk about the ass. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call Mulligan and talk about the ass. Just all up in there shopping with no mask on, breathing hard in the express checkout lane. Hell no. Whatever. One of them was a big, swole white dude. You know, he was just, <laughs> just mouth breathing. No mask. Raw dogging. Just, just, just no prophylactic. Just no Plan B. Just all just boy. I I won't
0: tell you how I know motherfuckers at the Pearland Fire Department, but I'm gonna talk about them.
1: So yeah, tell them I was out there and I seen them. Okay, okay. You know?
0: I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I know they're superior. Oh, it, it, actually, I take that
1: back. They're superior. Uh, their chief ain't worth a damn either. Um, well, also Brazoria County don't have <laughs> the same restrictions we got in Harris County. Brazoria.
0: I I'm so happy I don't live in Brazoria County. Just, I'm again. You knowing why I know yeah. this, bruh? Brazoria County ain't worth it. Di- all, all the motherfuckers that that work in those departments are just big, just big dumb palooka motherfuckers that clearly have had their wives doing everything uh, for them on operations level in their in their household all their life. Yeah. they don't know they ask. They don't know they ask from a hot rock. I always say, and this is one of the things that I've learned as long as we're on the Humans Ain't Shit part of this segment uh, of this episode, I don't understand grown adults that don't know their clothing sizes. I don't (laughs) understand. What the fuck are you doing in these stores? Like, if I go to the gas station
1: I have to know what kind of gas I'm getting. And as an as an adult, presumably you stop growing at least upward sometime around high school. Correct. And barring a dramatic change in weight. Right, weight gain is one thing. I you, get that. You're going to be pretty much the same size. Like
0: that like when I tell you like retail people, let me know if you feel me on this. You can ask them what the size is of what they have on and they don't know oh yes. you have to, like you have to tell them to turn around and you check their tag and they go oh what size is that wow fam it's wow. Ha- the idiocracy is upon us fam it, I I swear you could tell who's never ordered a t-shirt before well, or you can tell what the particular women don't really go through this. Not much. Like, women don't really, women always know their sizes. Women don't really get to not know and, pertinent And they have it a lot
1: harder than we do. Correct. Because women have numerical <laughs> sizes. Oh, man. Don't 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12. Yep. We got even. small, medium, large, extra large, Fam. 2X.
0: Boy, I tell you, this, mm-hmm. women are a little different. And they have, and I can go into the whole thing about marketing and all that shit that really works against them. Men don't have to know shit.
1: Men don't have to know shit. And they still don't know. I haven't tried on clothes in maybe 25
0: years. Agreed. I just know what, I know what the fuck size I am. I know that shit's not going to yeah. fit.
1: I, I just get it. It's, it's And fine. I can tell you the different fit. For the different brands as well, correct. Uh, I can tell you how a polo will fit versus an Old Navy, correct. And I just know that, man, boy, I tell
0: you, people get it, people are getting worse. Uh, nobody outside of retail can convince me otherwise. People are getting worse. I swear, it's ridiculous. All that to say, man, make good choices. The pandemic is not over. Wear a mask when applicable. You know, at least, I, I just don't want us repeating the same mistakes as 2020.
1: Get boosted. Get boosted. At this point, I'm not even going to tell people to get vaxxed. If you're not vaxxed at this point. If You, you just don't want it, to be. It's been your choice. And that, you know, that's fine. I, and
0: I'm, like, like tomorrow, I'm, I got to find somewhere. I got to find somewhere, uh, preferably after the movie. Uh,
1: CVS. CVS is real easy. Okay. Now, uh, you don't have to make an appointment. You just do it. Do it online. Okay. It's it's cool. it's really it's painfully easy. I can do that. Cool. Yeah.
0: Um. So I'll do that. Uh. See. See. On air, actively making good choices. Yeah. Um. Song of the week. It is. I always say. I, whenever I realize that there's an artist that I have not played on this podcast after 160 plus episodes, nine hours worth of music. Um, I'm always surprised I'm always shocked How did we go that long Not playing X artist Or whatever And I always introduce shit While I'm bringing it up On my phone Um, How have we not played N.E.R.D None Never How have we not played N.E.R.D And how have we never played Anything from In Search Of which is just one of the I mean, and Randall said, and this is a God's honest truth. One of the most criminally underrated albums ever. Yeah. Criminally underrated, so much influence in it. Absolutely. Like there are there are tons of artists I can point to. You know how we always say that we're in an era now where people grew up on Kanye? There are people that grew up on artists that kind of were inspired by N.E.R.D. Yeah. And this album in particular. Um, So just something to grow on as we play pretty much my favorite song on uh, In Search Of, Run to the Sun. Mm. Uh, yeah,
1: this was the one that actually sold the album for me.
0: A real bop. Uh, it's a hardcore bop. Uh, pour yourself something. Get comfortable. We're gonna have a good episode, and we'll be right back with more opinions. Wild Black, let's go. <laughs>
2: Up your sleeve. I'm not ready to be bereaved. I know I'm always asking for something or another, but this time it's just time. Because I love her. I just love her. Well, baby, if he Through them in the ocean. Now they're on their ocean floor, coasting. Till they stop rolling so far that no soul would list them. They see. To the point that no one would even believe that we existed. Uh, I know that it may sound twisted, my neglect is killing me. I feel so guilty. Have faith if you feel me. It goes by you here. I wanna tell you something. I just can't take it It's so hard on me SOS so to your ears the only thing I ever feared was this day and have to say
0: From the classic In Search Of, that is Pharrell and Chad, N-E-R-D, with Run to the Sun. It was good to listen to that. It's, it's been it a while. It was, man. Like, that album, and, and you know, it was when, when you first heard it, because you didn't know what to make of it at first. Like, I didn't know what to make of it at first. Because it was so organic as opposed to what Pharrell at the time was known for, which was all the beat machine shit. Mm-hmm. And if everything about it felt so organic, he was like, oh, they trying to be a band band. And they weren't the first to do it, of course. The Roots crew was doing it. But they were clearly skewing towards a different demographic within hip-hop culture than what In Search Of was doing. This was the more alternative niggas um, I can't even say the music heads because the roots definitely has a definitely has a, a felt knowledge and understanding of music but the alternative niggas the I, in high school I would have called them the
1: regular niggas well I remember there was a lot of curio- curiosity surrounding yeah. this album because people knew of the Neptunes from a lot of their production up to this point correct so up to the point of this being released they produced for a lot of R and B acts and in a couple of cases started producing for like um like Jay Z for example. Because mm-hmm. I remember Fronting came out around this time. Don't get me started on Frontin. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, change clothes. Yep. Go. That one too. Yeah. So it was it, there was a lot of curiosity around, okay, so so now Neptunes have this band called Nerd, N E R D. Mm-hmm. That they're gonna start, you know, releasing music from, and okay, this is kind of interesting. Pharrell can't really can't can't really sing, but he sometimes he somehow ties it all together, right? And I remember hearing "Lap Dance" first, like the yeah. original version of it, um, and I remember hearing Rockstar. and going, okay, this is something, this is something different. But then I heard "Run to the Sun," and I was like, oh, this is where we are. Correct, right? Sold.
0: Yep. And like Lap dance and, and rock star and all them, a lot like when they when they put out videos for that shit, a lot of it was the beat machine version that kind of lured people in to a more organic experience. Um or what I would consider a more organic experience in my book. Um and if you really want to do a whole like like music DNA Music genome thing, you can you can find a lot of artists that were that were clearly influenced by this. Mm-hmm. Like I always say, we're in the we're in the era of now of niggas who grew up on Kanye. I feel like now we're the, the you can also say the same of niggas who grew up on NERD, which led to niggas who grew up on Cuddy, mm-hmm. Childish Gambino. Niggas like that Alt- more alternative niggas on that side of it uh Tyler mm-hmm. um Earls well for better or worse Earl Sweatshirt mm-hmm. um Frank yeah I was just having a Frank conversation um I think I'm gonna, I, shocking I, I, <laughs> 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 Only one this week I, <laughs> 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 Oh I think I'm going I I think I'm actually going to play some Frank next week mm-hmm. um Never played any Frank on this podcast either. Mm. Um, So, yeah, if you like it. So, you know, the usual. If you like what you're hearing, we have a whole playlist uh, full of music that we have played on this podcast over the years. Um, God, over the years. Yeah. Man, you're not going to find many podcasts this consistent. You're not. And still doing it. Still. And still doing it and still going to be doing it because – well, one, because we like it, but two, this pandemic about to get hot again. <laughs> I mean, isn't it?
1: I'm just annoyed at the thought of
0: it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, So, yeah, there's that. Um, shout out to Pharrell. How old is Super Thug by now? God damn, how old is Super Thug?
1: What 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 what? Because you know what, that was his
0: what, really what, his what, big, what? his big crossover into the business. Like that was that put him on. Yeah. God damn! How old is Super Thug? Super Thug.
1: Nineteen
0: ninety eight. Damn. Super Thug. Wow. Um, Knock yourself out. Uh, I think all that came out around the, right around the same year. Yeah. Um y'all know no, yeah, I'm a kiss good kiss the game goodbye fanatic. So I was, yeah, that was like ninety-eight, ninety-nine. Clue was still putting out professional mixtapes and shit. Um we gotta talk about Hove and the versus thing. Uh so Jay-Z fixed his mouth in an interview to say as far as um the likelihood of him doing a versus, that no one could stand on that stage with him no one he said that nobody can stand on that stage with me and this caused a uproar of a debate all across the social medias cuz you know the whole vengers you know the 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 whole stands I didn't realize how insufferable the hove stands are. I didn't realize they were in such numbers. But Jay-Z could literally do anything. He could murder someone in broad daylight. And they'd just be good with it. And everybody who didn't like it would just be a fucking hater.
1: People who think that, people who stand for Jay-Z and, and have said that Jay-Z is the greatest rapper of all time for, I guess, the last 10 years or so, We'll never let go of that. They will never let go of that. And I mean, to the point where, you know, when I, I remember when 444 came out and I was like, yeah, like y'all don't realize Jay-Z can't rap anymore. They were like, he's still the greatest. Shit. Look at how personal that album was. I was like, it also sounded (laughs) like. It was, a dude who had no confidence who was struggling to rap. Like he was not mixed well. Yeah, and it was not mixed well. But, but you know, I digress. Only to say that, you know, and, and much like Kanye fans who think that Kanye is the greatest rapper ever, you, you're never going to convince them otherwise.
0: And, and, and again, I can almost excuse that because Kanye, because again, we talk about we are in the era of niggas who grew up Having their, you know, and when I say grew up, I mean those formative years where you have your actual music taste formed. Mm-hmm. Niggas who grew up in their formative years on Kanye. Who can say that the way you can say you grew up on Tribe.
1: I wish people had more, I wish people had more of a, a variety of, of, Musical interests during their formative years, and I, and I and we're all guilty of it. This is a Patreon episode for sure. Oh, this is probably a Patreon but episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things I've learned over the years is that yeah, people people's musical tastes definitely do solidify themselves in their formative years. There was a difference between me solidifying mine in the '80s and people solidifying their musical tastes in the 2000s when you know, radio and other means of receiving music were a lot more. Targeted. Aggressive. They're a lot more targeted and less diverse. For example, I could listen to, you know, Magic 102 or 979 mm-hmm. in the 80s and hear a variety of music. And I, you know, I was exposed to Michael Jackson and Prince in the same vein as I was rap music in, in certain stations. So I was exposed to a lot of different types of music. Now that music is more categorized and more targeted to certain demographics, a lot of people in their formative years tend to only receive one strand of music because that's how the algorithms target them. Well, yes, but also let me let me also push back a
0: little bit while agreeing with you that you have to understand what what was happening within each of those generations. See, with you were listening to a variety of music because Hip-hop was borrowing from different music then because it was still in its adolescence. So you still had people that remember growing up being pissed that the hip-hop niggas were fucking up the disco records. Mm -hmm. So you have that and you have people, the the people that play this music who also remember that, who want you to hear The frequency, as one could say, of where that shit came from. Mm -hmm. So you've got a DJ who's gonna play the Shaka Khan loop, and then play the Shaka Khan record. Right. But now we're in an era where hip hop artists are borrowing from hip hop artists that came before them. Correct. So you've got niggas that are that are mad that they're fucking up the old hip hop records. So. It, it, what they're borrowing from, and the con and the, the context they have for what is considered old school and what is considered classic for them is a little different.
1: That I, I think that's mostly true. Just, yeah, I, I I, think just it's in the
0: sense of offering context, yeah. You know,
1: I think it's mostly true. I, I also know that it's it's very to me it's very. If you tell me that Kanye is the greatest artist ever, I know what type of person you are. Just correct. I, that's that. fair
0: too. I just, I just, rem- it was just, I, I came to that conclusion because I remember hearing a pop smoke song that sampled pop smoke. The, he died the dude that died. No, I know. I okay, know who okay. It is. <laughs> he- hearing a
1: pop smoke. Billy Jean, Billy Jean. <laughs> Again, he's in that genre of people that I learned of after they died.
0: Hearing a pop smoke song that sampled a fabulous song that sampled. To me, a song, all of which that I remember when they came out. So we're, you know, and and that's another thing you have to remember too. We're in an awkward space because we remember life before the internet and we remember life before sampling was so heavy. Mm -hmm. So we remember all of these phases and adjusting your eyesight to one thing or the other thing is weird. Having said all that, the context of people who swear that Jay-Z is the greatest alive, um, that is and is not a compliment to the genre as a whole. Jay-Z can be hailed now as the greatest of all time <clears throat> without having with, while being prominent in the industry but having not put out any prominent or relevant or successful music uh, in, let's say, ten years. Well,
1: I'll yeah. say ten years. The, the stands are gonna the stands are gonna disagree with you when you say successful. What what, what Cause was he, successful? Because he's well, he's employed a lot of marketing tricks <laughs> to make sure that things are successful. Like what was what was the one album that was. Um, that that was pre-sold to Android like a million.
0: The um
1: was it the uh, Magna Carta album? Magna
0: Carta Holy Grail?
1: Yeah, I mean that one was technically successful, even though you know, as one of you know one of my friends who's at, at, at Jay z stands like, I mean one way or the other, he went platinum. I mean that's name that's a level of success. I said, but no one chose to buy that album.
0: Name a slap off of Magna Carta Holy Grail.
1: The title track was hard. And and okay, fair Tom enough. Ford and um, boom 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 clap. yeah that one and the yeah, okay
0: fair enough
1: what's the, the Picasso song
0: oh yeah I did okay I did like that so he had, he had Picasso a Picasso baby okay yeah. yeah I fucked with that he had a few on there yeah, I mean you know now but you also have to look at where he was as an artist there right like this and 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 I remember the argument happening. Of where Jay-Z had gotten to because everybody had decided then that Jay-Z and Kanye had switched places. Jay-Z was the, used to be the nigga that showed up in the jersey and the and and, and, and the and the and, and the and the fitted and the Jays, and Kanye was the geeky nigga that showed up in the polo and the khakis and was and was and, and, and they had switched places. Suddenly, Kanye was the sloppy nigga. And now. Since he started
1: wearing his own shit. Since he started wearing the shit that he designed.
0: And Hove was the nigga doing.
1: Started dressing his age.
0: Started, well, started dressing like a grown fucking man, yes. Um, Who dressed his age and was doing videos. uh, In grown up spaces. In an art gallery, dancing with the cast of girls.
1: Yeah. Like <laughs> that was that was different.
0: So like so I, I, he was getting clowned a lot in that in those circles. So you have to remember that. Because if we're talking about Jay Z doing a versus, he can't play anything
1: past let's see. So what he said was that nobody can stand on stage with him during the verses. I'm getting there. Oh, okay.
0: Sorry. The first, because this is an important caveat. He can't play anything past mm, Blueprint 2, Watch the Throne. Watch the Throne. He can't play anything past Watch the Throne.
1: Which is technically a Kanye
0: album. Which is technically, yes, a Kanye album. Um. So right there, that's a hard versus if you put Kanye on that stage with him.
1: But even then. Watch the throne only had a couple of songs. It only there. had two or three slaps. Name another song besides Niggas in Paris.
0: Ooh, I can't. I can't. There we go. And I like that shit. And I can't name <laughs> another slap. Um and the other thing, and I didn't want to get into this debate about Who could who could who could whoop Jay Z in a versus this and the third? I'm ready because everybody because everybody has that conversation, and we've seen in these verses that that can go another way. I
1: stay ready for this.
0: There were people who were convinced that Dipset would just would just eat the locks, (sighs) and they were wrong. Uh, Boy, were they! (laughs) You know, to the point where Jada Kiss is a name again, and has not put out. Any music. Yeah. So, I don't want to have that discussion. He's outside. He is outside, correct. (laughs) So, I don't want to have that discussion because I don't really care for the competitive aspect of versus anyway. The important thing is that everyone is missing what Jay-Z said. He said, no one. He didn't say no one can beat me. He said, no one can stand on that stage with me. That is a different That's a different statement that is untrue.
1: That is a profoundly false statement.
0: A a wildly false statement. No one can, if you want to, I know, and his era of rap is uniquely braggadocious, so I get it. No one can beat me in a versus? Debatable, but I'll give it to you. Also false. If you ask the heads like Randall, False. That was a heavy pour. Well, I was going to say, did you mean to pour that much? I did not. <laughs> um, Bottle tipped over a little hard. <laughs> but no one can stand on the stage with me? Hell no. That's false. Outwardly false. Let, let's start with the with the young niggas. Drake can stand on a stage with Hove. Yep. Any, uh, uh, your average hour and a half, two hour... Versus twenty songs, Drake can do it, and not all of these actually go all those twenty songs. By the way, Um, Drake can do it in his sleep. Period, and got and got a slap for every one of Jay Z's slaps. Drake
1: could do it off of features.
0: Drake could not. Drake could could stay in his mixtape backpack bag and be a contender. Drake will not run out of slaps. And I'm not saying this as a Drake stand either. Baby. I'm saying that the notion that Drake couldn't stand on that stage with Hove, the notion that Wayne can't stand on that stage with Hove. And I know a lot of you anti Wayne niggas said that y'all y'all really fixed y'all mouths to say that bullshit. Wayne can stand on that stage
1: with Hove. Jay-Z would have trouble staying on stage with Kanye. As much as I despise Kanye, Jay-Z would have trouble staying on stage with him. Kanye got enough
0: slaps in the tuck. And this is without him getting even, even getting into his
1: producer bag. Can't none of them fuck with Buster Rhymes, though. When Buster Rhymes said, bring me a worthy adversary, he was right. He and, said that with his chest. And, and if you go back and you check the records. Between albums and features that were hits. Yeah. And you put him on stage next to Jay-Z, it would actually be embarrassing. Buss got slaps for every era. He, he, he does. He got at least one for you for every one. He
0: got slaps for every era. First and second era Buster Rhymes. Will contend with first and second era Hove. Well, you don't want leaders of the new school shit. Well, we don't. We don't need to go back.
1: That right, we don't. We don't need that. Actually. No, we don't need to do that. I'm, I'm not trying to lose this argument. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: don't want. What was the first album?
1: Woo ha Got you all in check,
0: fam. The second woo Ha comes on. What the fuck, Jay Z gonna do? What the fuck is Jay-Z going to do when wu comes on? What the fuck is Jay-Z going to do
1: when hands where my eyes can see come on? That'll be the last song too. By the way, and not it, Jay-Z has a very strong catalog. Like he he's, you know, he's he's almost well within his rights to have the amount of um um confidence that he has.
0: Oh, Jay-Z can lay he can lay claim to his stature. Yeah. In hip hop,
1: but he ain't—he—he's he, he's, not invincible. He's not—he—he—he he, he can't even stay on stage with his wife. <laughs> and I've seen that happen with the on the run tour. So <laughs> y'all ain't ready to have that conversation. <laughs> I've seen that happen live, so I know that for a fact. I saw plenty of people going to get concessions when Jay Z's part came on. Y'all ain't ready to have that conversation, bitch. You want some nachos? You want some? You want a hot dog? I'm gonna get some drinks. Be gonna be back on. I think she's supposed to be back on in 13 minutes. I'm gonna be right back. I ain't. I ain't here for this shit. They treated him like the opening act. He is the opening act to his wife.
0: Ooh, we y'all ain't ready to have that conversation though. Y'all not ready? Jay Z is the greatest side man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Greatest hype man ever. What Memphis Bleak was to Jay Z, Jay Z is to Beyonce. no. Mm
0: -hmm. No, not Memphis Bleak. Yes. Oh, man.
1: He is the Memphis Bleak of his
0: relationship. You know, Memphis Bleak, and and not to, I'm not pushing back up against what you're saying. Memphis Bleak got clowned a lot in retrospect. Memphis Bleak was also a lot harder
1: than people gave him credit for. Dog, Memphis Bleak, he was a hard, you talk about a hard, hype nigga. Next to Star, Memphis Bleak had the greatest come up ever. This man made an entire living of not being the primary artist. Correct. Most of Hov's niggas did.
0: Uh, Beanie's single came close. Uh,
1: he kind of shitted on Beanie.
0: Freeway a little
1: bit. He shitted on all of them. All them Philly niggas, he shitted on all of them. Yeah, state prop, all them. Mint Bleak was really the only person that yeah, he that's kept true. in the pocket. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you right. Kind of like Buster Rhymes with Star.
0: Yeah, man. He, although he kept that nigga with him for a lot of years. What the fuck happened to a mill? who cares
1: (laughs) (laughs) she was not good
0: um speaking of speaking of artists who talk a lot of shit past their prime uh nas put out a new album
1: yeah magic
0: i have to say one i have to applaud nas for his output this nigga to put out three albums in a year yeah um I I I only liked one of them, and that was this one.
1: I, well, I, he I wasn't I, rapping about brunch on this one.
0: Correct. <laughs> I actually have to say this might don't take this as a mea culpa on anything I've said about Nas. Pretty much since this podcast began, because <laughs> me shitting on Nas has been kind of a recurring thing from day one. Um, I did not hate this album. I didn't. I actually thought it was pretty decent. I there were memorable joints on here. Yeah. Like I'm going to go like I like call like meet Joe Black might end up in my Call of Duty shit. Mm. Honestly, the first 3
1: joints were slaps. Yeah. It's it's great to hear him over decent production for a change. Correct. Cuz that's always been my gripe about him. He's a good lyricist with terrible production. Um he's, you know, he, he he's said, not in
0: charge of picking
1: his beats anymore. Hopefully, let's
0: hope. Hopefully, and he's not in charge of um,
1: completely misusing Dilla Donut speeds. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad that he's, you know, he. I, I'm actually, it's actually refreshing to hear him rap about adult shit because, correct, you get a lot of older dudes who still rap about, for lack of a better term, young nigga shit. And it's yeah. Like, all right. If, if you if you're 48 and you're still out in the club, then be yourself, bro. Yeah. You don't want to be tricked daddy out here. I, I think in the first song he says that he was he's 48 and he's like, this is where I am. Correct. Old as fuck. Be exactly who you are. Be yourself. Little
0: brother was good at this. When little brother, whatever that last project, I think it was little brother, mm-hmm. whatever that last project, project little brother put out they were good at being honest about where they're at. Yeah. Even Fonte's solo joint. Yeah. And their hatred
1: of Ninth Wonder. <laughs> I'm just being messy. Oh, don't do nice like that. Fonte Hotu. No. Okay. So.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, this Nas nice album was uh I
0: have to say I was impressed. It was short to the point. It,
1: yes. And but I, not gimmicky short. I appreciate that. Like if if you're going to if you're going to release an album that I'm probably gonna listen to once or twice and then, you know, kind of fade into the ether. It was the perfect length for it. Correct. I was painting my closet and I listened to it twice and I was I was actually satisfied with it. I was like, this was this was a good, nice Friday afternoon type of album. Yeah.
0: It was it was a it was a, it was a nice snack. It was a nice snack. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. It was like eight songs or yeah. something. It was a good was, bag of chips. Correct. Yeah.
0: Um I, I, and and i'm okay with that i like a lot of people are saying that they want to go back to longer albums longer albums force you to put bullshit in your album yeah you clearly have something to say but you have enough time to feel that the studio will have you force some shit into your that the 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 label will have you force some shit into your album that might not have been there previously
1: there's there's not a benefit to longer albums anyway. Say
0: what you got to say and get the fuck out. Yeah. That's just like them people, them crazy people that swear that they want to go back to longer seasons of television.
1: Absolutely not. Why? We talked about this. Why?
0: Are you crazy? 22 episodes? Mm-mm. Could you really sit through 22 episodes of Squid Game? Mm-mm. Fam, no. Get bent. Don't get the fuck out of my face. Tell fuck. the story.
1: Get in, get out.
0: This is one. You know, I try not to be rude. To people that I disagree with on the on the level of like television and movies and shit. People that want longer television seasons can fuck all the way off. Fuck off. Go away. No, absolutely not. Never. No. Go back
1: and watch Agents of Shield, like the first five seasons.
0: <laughs> right. and tell me if you can make it
1: through 20 plus episodes again.
0: Fam, just where would we be? If seventh heaven, not even seventh heaven, because you know they about to they about to cancel Grey's Anatomy. Does that even count? there has been what twenty seasons, fam. Does that even count? Like eighteen or nineteen seasons, they're in renegotiations. I said this on online. They're in renegotiations, but it's not looking good. Like that's not being canceled. That's being retired. Correct. Put some of these shits out of their misery, fam. Everything don't need to go on forever, and I say that as somebody that wanted to see more Lovecraft Country. Uh, I mean after one season But Fam That was just my little tangent Yeah If you want longer TV seasons Suck my dick Um, Wow Honestly Honestly You're the problem That makes me so mad when people say that shit Anyway um, All that to say I, I, I was I had to give it another listen Because I didn't know If I was just Overjoyed to hear a Nas album that I liked that I will revisit, but I'm gonna go ahead and give it eight out of ten. I think that's fair, and that's impressive for someone who has not had above a five out of ten from me, yeah, in years. Um, because King's Disease and King's Disease Part Two and King's Disease Part Two, I love y'all, but that that was. That was not it.
2: This is not it. This is not it.
0: Sorry, sorry, y'all. That it, it, it didn't do it for me. Um, speaking of things that didn't do it for me, the new Matrix movie came out. This is not it. This is not it.
1: Can we leave it at that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh man! I man, and, and and it hurts because I was a fa- I am a fan of the Matrix mythology. I am a fan of the Matrix lore. I am one of those people who actually enjoyed what I took from the from uh, Reloaded and Revolutions. Um, I am a fan of this story. Having said that. Matrix Resurrections was something that I did not recognize. This was a monstrosity, and I mean that in the most literary sense because it was as if Dr. Frankenstein stapled and sewed the best and worst things about the Matrix and the fandom that it created into a Frankenstein's monster. Struck it with lightning and let it go on a rampage. That's exactly what the fuck happened with Matrix Resurrections. That created something that I don't, after watching it two or three times now, I don't fucking recognize.
1: I uh, I watched it twice, actually. Oh, I watched, wow. I watched it twice. I made it halfway through one viewing and I was just like, I, I can't do it. I love myself Ooh. too much. I, can, I can't do this anymore. It. This hurt. This was. First, I think the, the best word to describe was unnecessary. It was Correct. not. It was not necessary at all to make this movie. It did nothing to justify its existence. No. Uh, to me, it did not add to. It did not add to the narrative. It did not add to the pantheon of the mythos. If anything, it Matrix. cheapened it. Yeah. It was a self-fulfilling. Um mockery of itself it it, it 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 tried to provide the same level of fan service that you probably get like with the force awakens and star correct. wars yeah but man i i it I, we, I deserve better from Lon wachowski we don't we deserve nothing from them.
0: actually you know what i'm gonna take that I, you're right i'm I, i'm gonna reinforce your point you are correct we should not have expected anything better from Lana Wachowski or any of the Wachowski name mm-hmm. after, because what have we gotten from them since The Matrix? Speed Speed racer. racer, Jupiter Ascending. I can probably think of a couple others. None good since None of, since eight. Well, okay, okay. Now, now, let me stop you right there. Okay. Let me. It was at M. night. No, that was that was what that was J. No, no, no. The Wachowskis produced that was a JMS. That was J. Michael Straczynski, who has always been trying to tell that story. Um, yeah, that was J. Michael Straczynski, I think. Um, I, I fuck the bullshit. I enjoyed sense eight. I have always enjoyed sense eight. It takes a certain kind of motherfuckers to really get into Sense8, and that was my shit. Yeah, didn't they just produce it?
1: They did V for Vendetta. They did? Okay, V for Vendetta. I'll give them that. They did Sense8. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 They, they did Cloud Atlas.
0: <laughs> okay, so... Cloud Atlas was not good. Cloud Atlas did not slap. It was not good. And did not slap in comparison to the book. Um, we had no reason to expect anything good from resurrecting the matrix after 20 years. Yeah. And, and, and the whole time and again, maybe at first I was like, I don't really care because I don't have a right to expect anything from a, from a sequel that I didn't really ask for anyway. Um, Kiano didn't ask for this. Uh he's also not gonna turn down a check at this point because he's earned that right. Oh. I had so many problems with the Matrix. This almost has to be a Patreon. Almost. Yeah. I,
1: I, if I gave more of a shit. Yeah, it, it's tough for me to really talk about it because it like for me there was there was nothing. There's not a single thing, not a single solitary thing that I saw in this movie that I actually cared about. At so all. here's my thing. You want to show reverence
0: to your to your story, and I and I say that because Lana Wachowski clearly, Lana Wachowski misses her parents, as she should, and so she put all that energy into the only other romance that has affected her life in such a way as Neo and Trinity. Having said that, if you are going to show reverence. To something you did before. You have to show reverence to the people involved. Yawn. Not enough of the people involved with the Matrix originally. Respected, disrespected themselves enough to come back. And if that's the case, you should leave it where it is. Hugo Weaving was not under any circumstances coming back to be Agent
1: fucking Smith again. Never. Lawrence Fishburne was not coming back for Morpheus.
0: Lawrence Fishburne was never gonna come back and be Morpheus. But at the same time, if you're gonna do this again, the way the story ended and the way those characters ended, by the way, ending with what I have always said should have been the greatest Afrofuturism saga of all time, um, we deserve to see Morpheus and Niobe. Together like they were at the end. And if you're not able to give us that, you shouldn't do it at all. You shouldn't give us Dr. Manhattan as Agent Morpheus or Mr. Mr. Whatever, Mr. Smith, whatever. Whatever bullshit that was. We don't want to see that. I like Yaya. I don't want to see him doing a tap dancing version of Morpheus. I
1: wonder if it, was, if it would have been possible for them to just do like a Matrix revisitation that didn't involve Keanu or Carrie Ann Moss. Like, I would have that. I, I think it, I was a little what? interested in the beginning when I saw like Jessica Henwick and, and Yaya and, and just like, okay, here's a new cast of people who are doing something, you know, in the Matrix and I I think I immediately lost interest once I saw Keanu on the screen and I was like uh okay. All right, so are you ready? I was interested
0: in Jessica Henwick being involved in this until I found I found out that she passed on Shang-Chi to do this. Well, I, I <laughs> Rumor has it Supposedly she found, she passed on Shang-Chi for this bullshit. Rumor has it she's not done.
1: With The Matrix? No. Oh Marvel. Marvel. Yes. Mm. I've heard some Iron Fist rumors. Oh fuck's sake. Namely that she might be the next Iron Fist.
0: God damn it. Which is cool, but that means at some point we're gonna have to see Finn Jones again. But you know, or maybe not. Even if it's just a pass it down. Because it, we know how Marvel works and in the sense of continuity and the sense of seeing that mm-hmm. happen in real time, we're going to have to see Finn Jones again. Okay. As long as it's just in passing. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Because, you know, Hawkeye was really supposed to be. Hawkeye, I I'd still say Hawkeye was supposed to be well, Jeremy Renner
1: on the way out. Well, what if it's a multiversal Iron Fist? Oh, no, fair enough. And then you don't have to do it.
0: Yeah, that's
1: fair. All right, I'll take it. And you also might get a multiverse Tyrese as Luke Cage. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh man, could Tyrese just not be in these things anymore? But I digress.
1: But you know what? In fairness to Jessica Henwick, if you go back two or three years when the when the prospect of a Matrix four came up, yeah. If you wait that versus Shang-Chi uh-huh. back in twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. Of course you were going to do you, Matrix 4. You would be excited about Matrix 4, not Correct. realizing that it would be a, a a shit pile. Right.
0: Which is which is so funny because it's the it, because that is the exact inverse of how Will Smith fucked himself out of not being in the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. Cuz he was like cuz somebody explained that to him. He was like what the fuck are you talking about? Yes, yes, I want to be a cowboy. Yes. Um and I which is why I I want to answer this. I want to address this real quick. I don't want to stay on the Matrix forever. Good. But Um, I want to address this because it came up on Twitter. Um, I have always said that the Matrix really was supposed to be the greatest Afrofuturism saga ever.
1: Not Cloud Atlas? (laughs) Jesus
0: Christ. (laughs) So we know that the Matrix was stolen from a black woman. Uh Having said that, remember, just think about the OG Matrix. All the key people were black people. Mm-hmm. All of the key people who played a a, a, a pivotal role outside of Keanu Reeves, who was supposed to be Will Smith, mm-hmm. were black people. Morpheus, mm-hmm.
1: the Oracle, mm-hmm.
0: even Niobe, mm-hmm. the general of all of Zion.
1: The dude who didn't want to come back for the sequel because he wanted to get paid more money. I forgot his name.
0: Who didn't want to come back for the sequel? The little white
1: skinned dude. Uh, Marcus Chong was that his
0: name? the the operator? Sure. yeah Marcus Chong. Ray Don Chong's brother. <sighs> the real shit Ray Don Chong's brother. okay I believe you. Um, yeah tank and Dozer yeah yeah um and even in the sequels um Dozer's uh, what Dozer's wife Gina Torres was there mm. uh Nona Gay was there. Aaliyah was supposed to be in it. I remember. Yeah. Um Jada, all these people, what's his name? Uh, what's his name from the best man? All these people. All the key people were black. They even, they changed the oracle into another black. They could have changed the oracle into anybody. Yeah. Changed her into another black woman that I thought was wonderful. And all of these key people that had key they had key parts in the story were black people fighting against um, uptight white folks. Look at all the white folks. Mm-hmm. The Merovingian, this upper class motherfucker. Smith. Smith, who was a, a computer virus, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the architect, mm-hmm. the whitest of white men. Ooh, man, he was mansplaining his ass off. <laughs> what did he know? <laughs> my favorite scene my favorite scene is literally when he said when he said hope was a delusion and was like if I were you I would hope we never meet again yeah um so, so just thinking about that and all the people that were supposed to be in this and all the people that were in this and all the people this was supposed to be afrofuturism out the ass and i always think of it in that way in my head when i look at these characters and when I watched The Matrix Resurrection, wasn't nearly as black. Not even close. The centerpieces were not even as black. I love Niobe 60 years later. That's wonderful. It's cheapened because we don't have Morpheus or we have this, this cute version of Morpheus that looks good with his shirt off and wears these... Fucking crazy, and wears these fucking crazy suits now, or whatever. We're in these oak tree suits. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck was going on there. We have these characters, these new characters. I don't give a shit about. We have a, we have a smarmier version of Agent Smith. We have fucking Doogie Howser. All of these are wide, way wider centerpieces than we were given in the original trilogy.
1: Well, maybe the original trilogy was too woke, Oz. Might have been, might have been. It was too woke.
0: Might have been. Just saying. Yeah. Just something to look out for. I don't want to get too into too fucking intellectual. Uh, banned, all that shit about the Matrix,
1: but they, they I'm just saying. Critical race theory from the Matrix. <laughs> so, you're welcome.
0: Um. So, yeah, uh, fuck, fuck that. I, they could have kept that shit. I watched that, and then I watched No Time to Die. I never thought I would watch those two movies and be more in awe of the James Bond movie. It was a good
1: send-off. That
0: was a great way to say goodbye to Daniel Craig. Yeah. And it was a great way for Daniel Craig to never have to even entertain the idea of coming <laughs> back to this shit. Because you could tell Daniel Craig... Even when they when they talk to him about it in interviews, even since, like, Skyfall, Daniel Craig was clearly sick of this shit. Yeah. It's
1: been over a decade. Correct. Yeah. Like well over a decade. It's time to move on. And, um, and trust me, in the movie, they left no shred of a doubt. Like, yep. He's done. He's forever. Never done. it. <laughs> yeah, y'all, just like y'all still ask for Christian Bale, y'all ain't
0: doing that with Daniel Craig. No. Nah. Um, There's no deus ex, ex machina in this. Fuck one. no. Um... I do have to mention this very quickly. Um oh yeah, we got time. Uh I do have to mention very quickly, Panama Jackson has left Very Smart Brothers, which
1: essentially means that Very Smart Brothers is over. Damon Bingon, I don't know who these people are. I've heard of Very Smart Brothers. I don't I don't specifically know who.
0: Oh, you don't know Very Smart Brothers? The the ongoing blog, Damon Young.
1: And, okay. I, no, I, I know uh very smart brothers and I remember Damon Young's name. I don't remember this Panama generation. Panama was the other guy. Okay. Yeah. Panama was the other guy.
0: And Damon left to do other things. He just ran out. he he just got to a point that I think like two years ago, maybe two two or three years ago, he was like he was just at some point he was like, I'm I don't have the time in my day anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting paid from other sources of revenue and he's executive producing things. He was the executive producer on uh, Sam Jays show. Pause. Oh. Pause with Sam Jay. Yes. Yeah. yes. yeah he was the executive producer on that okay and he's so he's getting those consulting credits and shit like that. and I think they' I think they're going to turn his his book into something. Um, but all of that to say he just stopped finding the time in a day to do the route where I'm going to assume that was, he was probably getting the least revenue from probably because the whole reason they went to the rev to the route was to finally get paid for doing VSB and now Panama Jackson is moving on. This is a big deal to me as somebody that started out as a blogger, comic books, uh, comic books as it may be who started out as a blogger and was kind of con- and is kind of considered I'm gagging in my mouth as I say this a thought leader mm. fam I almost threw up in my mm. fucking mouth fam mm. um for black thinkers people who think on paper writers it's a big thing because they made they made the way for a lot of motherfuckers that came after them and the out, the level of output, the consistency on their part, um, the watching the evolution from them going from being just some niggas to family men to prominent people in those circles is huge and inspired a lot of us. Definitely me. And watching the end of Very Smart Brothers, I'm just – all the thinkers are going away and no one's replacing them. Joan Didion. I don't expect a lot of you to know who Joan Didion is. A white thinker. Died at like this past week at like in her 60s or something. Died. Had some decent humor, some decent funny shit. And another one of these thinkers, like Greg Tate, who's going out the window, who's taking the parachute off.
1: This is a crashing plane. I mean, you're, you're this, talking about a generation of people who were not in it for the likes and retweets. Also true. <laughs> also true. They were in it for the content. So there's, there's a huge difference there.
0: You're, you're either in it for the likes and, 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 and retweets or you're a slave to... An era that's in it for the likes and retweets. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's hard to see thinkers going out the window, and no one's replacing them, um, and no one's stepping up, and no one wants to step up to replace them. They're replaced by influencers. Oh, that's even worse. I didn't even consider that. Yeah. Down now. I'm, yep. Now I've thrown up in my mouth. There you go. Um. Very sad. Very sad. It was not that was not originally on the rundown, but I had to. At least mention um, Godspeed Panama Godspeed Damon um, Goodbye Very Smart Brothers Um, You spawned A lot of Things within the culture uh, For better or for worse Um, I guess So I guess This is the part you, You know this is the last episode of 2021 It's been a weird year uh, Randall you can go up bring up bring up the stuff um i guess this is where we have to talk about our favorites of the year our favorites for things music is easy for me favorites of 2021 musically without question go to um summer and tyler
1: yeah i agree uh tyler the creators album was my my favorite album 2021. Uh, Summer Walker's album was, I mean, you called it, but it was, I, I, it was surprisingly good to me, like how much I good. liked it. I, yeah. Uh, so it was, it was kind of a surprise, but yeah, those two I think are standouts. Uh, I've had a few that I just kind of listened to on and off, but I think in terms of the ones that made the immediate, immediate impression on me, like the, the Tyler album to me, um, by far, it was my most enjoyable listening experience of I, the year.
0: I had fun with her. Hers had a really good run. Yep. It's having a really good run, actually. Um. Uh. uh TV, I can say without, I don't even have to look at a list. I can say without question. Mm-hmm. Marvel did it, man. Marvel showed up and showed out. And showed that their formula works all across platforms
1: yeah I, th- I think that um <clears throat> for all the people who were who talk about superhero fatigue, so to speak, again, in a movie in which uh, in a year in which they released the fewest number of movies in in a while uh, yeah uh they they do they've done a good job of showing how a storyline can be carried through different storytelling methods. And you can still have this cinematic universe that's connected through different platforms, including like even the animated platform of, of what if like, correct. What if was a very good series. And, and it turns out that what if is also significant in the, in the grander scheme of everything that's happening in the, in the live action cinematic universe. Mm -hmm. So I agree with that. Um, Some of my other favorites from this year, uh Ted Lasso, season two was a very good season. It right now, Ted Lasso is probably my favorite sitcom on TV. Ted Lasso was fun.
0: Um I'm well, so I'm told. Everybody yeah. everybody has been talking to me about Ted Lasso.
1: I caught up on succession, so I'm 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 on the succession hype train now. I just finished season two. I love succession. Yeah. I. this is where
0: I love white people tearing each other to pieces. I love it. And you know what's weird
1: is that, I know this is going to sound crazy, it's, it's a series in which, if you look at other popular, especially like HBO-type series, like Game of Thrones was like the last big HBO series. Right. And a lot of what people liked about it was the decadence of it, the violence, the sex, and the, the dragons. Succession is really a show about people talking. Yeah. About getting votes. Correct. <laughs> to do stuff. And then just fucking each other over. There's no violence. There's no real sex or anything in it. It's just. I think it's just well written, and it just. It just. I enjoy watching white people hate on each other. Very
0: much so. Uh, in particularly, Kieran Culkin. Yeah. Is just. I. I it, it to quote. To quote Woody Harrelson in True Detective, Kieran Culkin's character Roman is is a candidate for being what what they would call the Michael Jordan of being a son of a bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a what a twisted little irreverent little fuck. Yeah. I also want him to just fuck Jerry and
1: get it over with. Well, I, I don't want to see it. I don't, well, I don't, I don't want to see it. No, I don't want to see it. Just let us know when it happens. I, correct. A lot of people have discovered
0: Southside this year. I just discovered Southside. Southside is so fucking funny. I just watched the first episode before I left to come here and record. Mm-hmm. I did not know that existed. I, when I saw 2019 on season one, yeah. I was like, are you fucking serious? Where the fuck has this been all my life? Nobody watches TBS. Well, that's true. And that's too. where it was before. Hiding behind Tyler Perry bullshit. <laughs>
1: Correct. Um,
0: Mayor of Easttown
1: happened. That was a very good limited series. God
0: damn, Mayor of Easttown was good. But those white people are so fucked up. I love it. I again,
1: white people being fucked up, and it was you know again the the limited series format works well. Tell a story in in six episodes, and let that be it. You know, same thing with White Lotus. Tell that story in I. How many episodes is that? Uh, about the same.
0: Okay, six, eight, maybe. I was saying I might re- I might visit it. The White Lotus is one of those shows where. The White Lotus is one of those shows where I, I, from the premise, I could tell right away it was super white. Well, yeah. in a different way, like Succession, that, the decadence and the and the excess and everything kind of gives you something else to look at. These are just middle class white people with middle
1: class white people problems. Six episodes, just power through
0: it. Right, that's fair. And and, I, and and I,
1: who's in it? Steve Zahn? Steve Zahn is in it. Um.
0: I like Steve, uh, yeah. Steve Zahn. Doesn't get a, Steve Zahn doesn't get enough work in, in recent times.
1: Jennifer Coolidge is in it. Her character is oh, kind yeah, of annoying. i watch um, i watch Jennifer and, Coolidge. And uh, Natasha Rothwell.
0: Oh, I'm in. Okay.
1: Yeah. I got it. Yeah, i ag- She actually has a very prominent role. Oh, good. As well.
0: I'm in. Um, there was
1: another show.
0: I could not think of. It was on the tip of my tongue, and I can't think of it now. Oh, Queen Sugar. How could I not talk about the return of Queen Sugar? Fam, I'm not going to go on a Queen Sugar tirade. (laughs) Queen Sugar's season this past season was so good in showing the growth of these characters while also highlighting a lot of things not necessarily that we need to know or that black people need to have talked to them or preached to them but things that we it would it's just healthy for us to see positive things about community about the power of family that we don't that I don't think we see enough in that light white people see this all the time in the format of things like This is us. In that, the power of togetherness and the power—things that can be called trite without being laughed at and being cheapened—we don't. I don't think we as Black people get that in our content enough, without us kind of sneering at it and Mm -hmm. and kind of snickering at it and cheapening it with it being called cornball and shit. Yeah, Queen Sugar does this very well in a way that does not condescend that understands these characters and lets the, and lets you know that these characters are not in a vacuum and they understand the world around them does not always treat black people this way. So it's that much more important for them to treat each other this way. Um, there's a great, one of the characters, Micah, um, has, has grown so much and a lot of that that, that actor's life has clearly affected the way he approaches this character because now, because it, he's come out, he's come out of the closet in real life, not come out of the closet, but he's owned all that being public within a real life. He's in a relationship with Justice Smith from the get down. Okay. And that character is not necessarily coming out of the closet or anything, but he's, uh, he's been called into a situation where he's asked himself questions about the nature of his sexuality. Something that men, that young black men are not always encouraged to do. Yeah. You don't have to be, you don't have to be gay or straight or whatever, but just having the, the conversation with yourself is not something that black men are usually charged with doing. Right. Um, uh, of course, or you can come from my generation and and beyond. That just we just know we just know that shit don't sound fun to us.
1: Well, one day I'll watch Queen Sugar. I still haven't started yet. I I would advise you too. They've just announced they've just announced <coughs> that
0: the next season is going to be the last one. Oh, okay, perfect. We do not. I will just say I would say it and leave it here. We do not deserve Queen Sugar as a culture, as a label, and as a crew. Queen Sugar has been the most consistent and the most successful while being so quiet as kept, has not been nominated or won a single award anywhere.
1: How many seasons has it been so far? Four? <sighs> Five,
0: I think. Okay. Um, In none of these arenas. Okay, But people consistently watch it. And we didn't cheer hard enough for it. We didn't cheer loud enough for it. We just didn't. I think the most we got from Queen Sugar was how good looking, uh, what's his name, Crenshaw is, Kofi, whatever. Yeah, I'm just so that's my that's my Queen Sugar um, fucking pedestal that I wasn't gonna stand
1: on. Um, so that's that's that. Um, yeah. Breakout of the year probably goes to Squid Game. It was it was definitely the moment of the year i think in terms of tv watching yeah, for a lot man. of people um
0: and it definitely brought that genre yeah into the forefront yeah you know what i mean
1: so prepare for an onslaught of a bunch of more squid games i would say prepare for,
0: prepare for, new, for more japanese people beating the shit out of each other for reasons unknown um uh, m- did we do movies
1: not yet Movies was movies was kind of a tough year because, for me, it, it's easier for me to remember that I've seen movies when I've gone to the theater to see it. Correct. And you know, this was one of those years where there was a mix of seeing movies at home and, and in the theaters, and you were definitely inundated,
0: yeah, with a lot of movies and a lot of way to watch ways to watch those movies.
1: The one thing that I did learn. I kind of knew it, but I really saw it this year, is that there is there is a genre of movies, or there's a type of movie that is more suitable for a Netflix viewing at home format versus in theaters. Correct. Um, that being said, uh, I mean, this is kind of a cheap shot, but the, the Spider-Man movie might have been the best movie that I saw in theaters this year. Hmm um i know that's that's kind of low-hanging fruit i I gotta give it to judas and the black messiah was that this year that was this year but i think i saw that on tv see that's the thing I, i don't i didn't see that one in theaters i don't think i couldn't have watched that in the theater i couldn't have yeah i you gotta
0: sit at home and be mad with that movie (laughs) you have to you I can't be in I can't be in public in a theater watching Martin Sheen say what's going to happen when your daughter brings home a nigger
1: I can't
0: I can't do that Judas and the Black Messiah for me was so powerful in the regard that there were things that we weren't used to seeing on film that we got to see we've we've seen the Black Panthers represented in film mm-hmm. we have never seen the Black Panthers shooting and murdering cops to survive true that was big. We've never seen Fred Hampton in prison beating the beating the prison guard's ass yeah. Or getting his ass beat by the prison guard or whatever. We've never seen that. That was huge.
1: I think um, Shang-Chi was enjoyable to watch in theaters. I, I think I enjoyed it in theaters more than I would have enjoyed it watching it at home. I Same. Um, of course, No Time to Die, which we mentioned in the previous segment. Woo. That, that was a good one. We're going to miss Daniel
0: Craig, boy. Daniel Craig, as a Bond fanatic... As a
1: nigga who grew up on Bond. Yeah. Daniel Craig was a real one. What's really notable about 2021 as I looked through this list is that there's a there's still a laundry list of movies that I want to see that I have not seen yet. Likewise. And I, I feel like some of those movies might make their way to the top of the list once I eventually see them. I read the Wikipedia
0: um synopsis for old. Mm-hmm.
1: So I mean I'm just not going to watch it M Night, Shyam- M. Night Shyamalan sh- sh- Ding Dong whatever his name is I'm just not going to uh, watch fam, it. shit
0: That's exactly the th- 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 Now that's a that's a genre that I think needs more attention. M Night Shyamalan should just write the Wikipedia synopsis for his movies instead of making them. True. Uh, and and don't get me wrong, it was still bullshit. I would love for him to stop
1: making movies with a twist.
0: Just tell a story. Correct. I want to see what kind of movie he makes when he's not trying to be Alfred Hitchcock.
1: Here's another movie that I I really, that really made an impression on me, but for a different reason. Okay. The Snyder Cut of Justice League. Yes. You know what? I'm hitting that with the air
0: horns. So the Snyder Cut of Justice League, No, you go, I don't want to step on your point. No, no, go for it. Okay. The Snyder Cut of Justice League. I still hate Justice League as a... Like, the overall synopsis of Justice League, I still hate it. Mm -hmm. Because the the point of Justice League is that the greatest heroes ever assembled will just wither, fail, and die without (laughs) Superman. Or completely fucking useless for two hours without Superman. Having said that, Zack Snyder did make a better movie. Yes. Light years better. I still hate the basic premise, but what he gave us was watchable. I can watch that again for 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 certain reasons. There are elements to character development, all that shit that I can watch again. And we've never
1: seen a movie get clemency in this way. Right. Like th- this was definitely a um Definitely a redemption movie. Now you see why they didn't want it to come out because it, it it fundamentally changed a lot of things that came out in the original theatrical release. And and now you see that Ray Fisher had a very, 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 very strong argument. The redemption of Ray Fisher, right? Yes. And you know, they actually made Cyborg
0: interesting. Which is amazing because I can only point to a a handful of times that Cyborg has ever been an interesting character, even in the
1: comics. And for me, most of those times were in Teen Titans Go. <laughs> Correct.
0: <laughs> I it, well, I'm I'm gonna go with OG Teen Titans, but yes, yeah. I see your point. Yeah. Um, so I think you we have to we have to mention Justice Snyder's Justice League when we talk about powerful
1: filmmaking in twenty twenty one. Yeah. And, and the other thing to remember about 2021, again, we're, we're still in the, in the throes of a pandemic. So you have studios that either um, are still working in limited capacity when it comes to production, and you quite honestly have some very large movies that are, that are just being placed on the shelf until some, some studios are more confident that they can give a proper release. Um, although I've mostly lost faith in Top Gun Maverick, that's, I think, an example of of so mad. that type of movie. That you know, if that would have been a huge summer movie, it would have been a good Fourth of July type movie. It would have, man. And but you can tell that they're still kind of holding back until they get a strong, proper release, theatrical release. Correct. Yeah,
0: there are some, and there are some movies that really should let us go ahead and watch that shit and shit on Netflix. Denzel, we love you, bro. We do, we do, we love you culturally. We never letting go of you. We wanna, we we wanna consume all the content that you have to offer. Having said that, I am not going to the movie theater to watch a Journal for Jordan. I'm not.
1: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. It's not uh, happening. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm I'm kind of Michael B. Jordan in a starring role for me right now. I refuse. I, I'm I don't need go to the theater for that who else gonna be in that movie who are all gonna be there? fine oh well, you watch the
0: photograph yeah uh Issa Rae's mama in the photograph yeah she was fine as hell I get that I'll watch that sh- but again I'm gonna watch that at home yeah'm I'm, I'm not I'm not going to the theater for that I there's n- there's nothing
1: that took place in that trailer that's making me go to the theater. I it's still, just not I still haven't watched without remorse on Amazon Prime so I'll I watched that I, I know I'm not gonna Go to the theater to watch that. I, you ain't missing shit. That was that was not a movie. That was a min. That
0: was a series pilot to a television show, that's only going to last eight episodes. Mm. I, I mean, it's not really, but that's basically the equivalent. Yeah, like Michael, because it's just it's about uh, oh, oh, what's his name, uh, Jack Ryan's black friend, who's not even black in the original books. I, yeah, that was that was some weird shit. Anyway, without remorse. That was a weird movie.
1: So yeah, so the, like this this year was kind of tough for me to to really think back to the movies I like because so many of those lines were blurred. And and quite honestly, a lot of I think better movies are coming out over the next couple of years once correct. things begin to open up a little bit people and, are trying to get out there. And I, and I will say I will say I am I am completely convinced now that because there was a time a couple of years ago where I was like, man, if I could just watch all movies at home and never go to the theater again, I'd be great. No, there's a, there is a definite benefit to being in the atmosphere, in the, in the environment of an actual large theater space watching a movie with an audience. That's fair. There's a, there's a different feel. Um, I walked into Shang-Chi and there were children. I, oh, I don't want to talk see, about that. I, I went, to, I went during children. adult hours.
0: Jesus Christ!
1: Watching Spider Man with an audience was good, especially okay. with the high points in the movie. I'm gonna try to get to an early showing tomorrow. People's genuine excitement, yeah, it, it was palpable, and it was That's it fair. was good. That's fair.
0: I'll just get I'll get a good night's sleep and then go to an early showing or something. Yeah. Um. And this has become a new yearly wrap up segment because y'all ask me during the year, and y'all ask me this year who's next? Usually y'all mean musically. In my book, who's next? Kevin Ross. So R&B dude named Kevin Ross. I'm probably going to play some shit from him sooner or later. Um, He's definitely holding down the more traditional R&B. You're going to hear him more on the magic one Oh twos. You're going to hear him more on the adult contemporary R&B stations um, where y'all hear, music soul child where y'all hear let's say jasmine sullivan y'all are gonna hear y'all are gonna hear more of him uh very soon he's got a couple of good singles out um i can't wait for y'all he's he does a maybe i did i play kevin did i play prototype yeah, i
1: feel like you played did I play Prototype? yeah
0: okay he's saying that he's saying prototype he's saying the the cover of uh andre 3000's uh prototype um, y'all gonna hear a lot more from him He's up next um, Who else do I think is up next um, Giveon Well no, Giveon had a good year Givion had a good year I think we're gonna hear I, Mark my words I'm not saying that he's gonna have a good year I am saying that Daniel Caesar is going to try again you can take whatever you want from that. Daniel Caesar will try again. Alex Isley is about to have a good year. She's had a pretty good year off of uh Good and Plenty. She didn't wrote the fuck out of that. Um, we've played it a couple times on this podcast, actually. We played the regular one and the remix. Um, Alex Isley is on the way. Yeah. She's on the way with some with a new album. I've never seen Alex Isley miss. So those of you that are not up on Alex Isley, um, you definitely want to get acclimated to that. It is a vibe. Um, Ari Lennox is about to have a good year. Ari Lennox was mad quiet this year. I mean, she showed up on Jasmine shit. She showed up on some features here and there. Ale- uh, not Ale- uh, Ari Lennox is about to is about to drop some shit. She's been too quiet. Chris is coming. <laughs> Chris Brown is coming. Uh. Take whatever you want from that. I have a couple of I have a couple of super fans in my circle that that uh, are excited to hear that. I'm saying it here. Christopher Maurice Brown is coming. Uh, so. That's just my little taste of who is up next. Um, Tannerelle is coming. She's been quiet. I played her on this podcast. She's been mad quiet, so I know she got some shit in the tuck. There's a few people, but that's just my sample of who's
1: next. Your track record in this regard has been impeccable. Um, you have any? Do you have any who's next? Nah, I I usually just you I'm just, just let it happen. I'm just surprised by shit when it pops up. Oh, this person released a project. Let me check it out. Now, un- unfortunately, I've, I've been kind of detached from the anticipatory side of, of, okay. of music. I'm just usually pleasantly surprised when I come across something new that I like.
0: Fair enough. I'll go with that. Okay. Fair enough. Well, that's a good place to go ahead and uh, take a quick break. We'll be back with more Foolishness and Fuckery. This is a Sober Conversation with the least sober team in podcasting. Pour up. Pour up. Pour <laughs> up. We are back. Oh. We are black. All right. We are opinionated, and yep. I am feeling good. Oh yeah. Feeling great. I'm
1: feeling actually, good. I am actually gonna react.
0: How are you? Um so I thought there was something I missed in the rundown, but it's probably not important. I don't care. Um is I guess in the I guess in that case it's time for white people must be stopped. This is why I don't fuck with white people. Um, so uh, in shorter um, people who don't need their name really just glorified in a long diatribe news Kim Potter the, uh, the bitch who shot and killed Dante Wright was found guilty of like two counts of manslaughter. Um, I'm gonna go ahead hit hit with the air horns for that one.
1: Good, good. She won't see any jail time, though. So okay,
0: no jail
1: time. Very little, very little.
0: Uh, I don't like. I don't know. It maybe it's just me. The aura around her doesn't feel as protected by white people as like a Kyle Rittenhouse. You know what I mean like I don't feel like I don't something about it I can't describe it. she doesn't feel as protected like she doesn't feel like white people are trying to jump around her and put their healing hands on her. you know what I mean yeah, I don't know, I don't know
1: you might be right you probably you probably are right um she I mean, I I I Kyle was more protected because first of all, he's a white male and he's a young white male. Right. So he's gonna be held in higher regard because she's a woman. You know, there's less of a privilege that she has. Um I think she'll I think they'll just very quietly um it it, it won't if she does go to jail, it won't be for very long at all. It'll be almost like it'll be basically standing in the corner, hey go stand in the corner for a while. And I'll let you know you can come to the table and eat. That type of shit. Fair enough. That's fair. But, shout out to her being <laughs> convicted of something. I gonna say. Because they could have very easily let her walk. Still deserving of the air horns.
0: Um. In less surprising news, Christopher one Christopher David Noth. Chris Noth, a.k.a. Mr. Big, on Sex in the City, mm-hmm. uh, aka uh, Queen Latifah's white friend in The Equalizer, <laughs> I still left. I'm sorry. Um, has been accused of like has been accused of sexual misconduct. Um, I think we're on like the fifth victim now. In which, um, they kicked him off the Equalizer show now. Damn.
1: Damn, how you get kicked off the show?
0: (laughs) That nobody knew was still on. Before
1: it gets canceled.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Damn. That's oh man, you got to be more careful, bro. You can't do you can't do shit like that, dog. You can't but what fucks me up with white people, you can't do shit like that when as it is. Doesn't he just look like the motherfucker who do, who, who'd be doing that? He looks like his character. He looks great. Right. He looks smarmy and sleazy. He's exactly the person. He's exactly the person that, like, like the whole concept of the director's, of, of the director's couch. Mm-hmm. Oh, why don't you come over to my house and audition? Doesn't he look like exactly the motherfucker inviting women over to his house for that shit? And you know who we owe an apology and all this, Beverly Johnson. Oh yeah, Beverly Johnson said it. She called it. A bit. She wasn't just telling on Bill. She called it about this motherfucker years ago. Yeah, she literally said this back in like the nineties that this motherfucker wasn't shit, Mister Law and Order. I'm just saying. I don't owe her an apology because I believed her. But as long as we're talking to the fuck niggas who swear that we owe, who swear that we owe Tory Lanez a fucking apology, or who swear that we owe Dave Chappelle an apology, or swear that we owe the the Chicago PD an apology over that Jussie bullshit, I notice y'all mad quiet about this. And isn't this the fuck nigga bread and butter? Isn't this where they always go? Well, what about the white men? Well what about the white men who rape people?
1: What about the niggas?
0: I'm just saying. I'm I, I don't hear a lot of I don't hear a lot of talk right now from the fuck niggas. I don't hear a lot of talk from the from the the Kevin Samuels pole shiners.
1: <laughs> the caps. <laughs> <laughs> you set it up. Oh, you set it up. <laughs> Flashlight.
0: Anyway. Um,
1: I'm just saying. Like, by the way, keep the same energy. If there are any Kappas that listen to this show, which I very much uh, there, doubt, there can't be. Please write us and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> there can't possibly be any Kappas
0: that listen to us. It, it, that that cannot be a thing. I I would be shocked. So yeah, he got. So yeah, he got kicked off of the um show that is most likely getting canceled. Um, anyway, I thought the show already got kicked off the show. <laughs> <laughs> I was so shocked. They were like, the season premiere of The Equalizer. And I was like, Excuse me? How did I? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Queen Latifah out there blackmailing people. Queen Latifah out there blackmailing people. She got to be. And I support it. I support it. I su- the black woman is God, and I support the black woman getting a check. Because ne- I don't watch CBS anyway, so it doesn't matter.
1: I saw the opening scene of the pilot, and I was like, this ain't the one. When they convinced me that Queen Latifah was moving like Batman, <laughs> I just,
0: I I did not know what to say. Um. So, yeah, there's that. Um. Yeah, I, I, we could, yeah, that's a, that's enough white people uh, Send your racist stories Send your uh, real life racist encounters Along with your listening letters Questions for myself, D. Randall Or anybody else you hear on this podcast uh, We're going to start having guests again uh, Send all that to Opinionswhileblack at gmail.com Or log on to Opinionswhileblack.com Where you can um, find ways to get in touch with us uh, Ways to buy merch Um Ways to listen to Houston's Most Savage Podcast And you can also um, Subscribe to our email alerts For your chance to Dot 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 I won't tell you mm, Uh oh Coming in 2022 Um, We will be right back with your listener letters And the top Well with your listener letters And the 2021 STFU awards <laughs> You are listening to Houston's most savage podcast. Pour up, (laughs) and we are back. We are black, we are opinionated, and I am lit. I am litty to titty. I am feeling good. I'm only litty one titty. <laughs> you gotta balance it out, bro. You gotta, yeah, gotta it out. Bro. I gotta ease back into it. Um It is time for your listener letters. Um, we love hearing from the general populace. Um Night Shift Flexing on Instagram.
1: Do we know who that is?
0: I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure because I'm pretty sure his I'm pretty sure his uh his avatar is um what's his name? Uh Sean Connery and Zardoz. Mm. <laughs> I wanna say that's who this is. Um something easy for the last podcast of the year. What was your most enjoyable moment of twenty twenty one? There's so much fuckery. <laughs> There's so much foolishness
1: and fuckery to choose from. Favorite moment of this entire year? Wow. Um, mine is not dying. That's a good one. Uh, and not getting sick. That's uh, a good one. That's that is reasonable. I I, I think that I, at this point, my um, I don't know. No, but if I'm being more serious, so uh, a lot of my um, a lot of my favorite moments. Are all professionally related, and because I don't really go into that here, um, I will just say that, you know, with this whole three year pandemic being a whole thing and and being so many things to so many people in a negative way, Mm -hmm. um, on a professional level, for me, it has been, um, it has presented the opportunity for me to um, help others realize my talents and to put me in more beneficial situations because of it. Um that's as specific as I'll be about it. Okay. Um fair enough, but yeah. That's uh yeah, that's what it is.
0: Um I'll say that probably one of I probably I don't, I don't know about a favorite moment. It, it's been a it's been a very turbulent year for me. Um I, getting to see my friends again.
1: hmm uh-huh.
0: Um, it was weird. Like and, and again, this is as a nigga who is a, a documented introvert, a documented loner. Getting to see my friends again was huge for me.
1: You were the opposite of Jada Kiss. You were inside inside. In the
0: fuck side. Inside. Um of course, when a nigga start running out of money, that's you know you got <laughs> to do, do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, but I, I was all D way inside. I, I literally didn't see anyone but this nigga for a year. But this nigga and the that's, Amazon guy—that's <laughs> true—for a solid like like a year and a half, really. Yeah, I didn't see nobody. So reuniting with the with the people in my life after a lot of a, a lot of perspective on me kind of i I'm, I'm you know me I'm always the one to be left alone guy i'm always the, i'd rather be in my house writing or reading uh than peopling and much of that hasn't changed, but it also gave me a a deeper appreciation for the people in my life um so shout out to all of them. It, it gave me a, bet, a better relationship with some of my niggas. Um, so shout out to them. And it, I didn't take it seriously when people said it, and when people say it in commercials and shit. But no, really, no one is the same Mm-mm. coming out of this pandemic. I don't talk. To, I don't. I, I I don't talk to Tristan anymore. <laughs> I can't I don't remember the last conversation we had. Wow. I it, and none of that was what it was going in. Yeah. And I don't sometimes I don't recognize my like like my computer is facial recognition and almost didn't recognize me. <laughs> really? With this, with this, with a, with a with this big with this beard and the, yeah. the locks and all this shit,
1: I got the full Thai peso sign <laughs> going on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so at, at all of that was weird. I think I think my favorite moment of twenty twenty one was realizing that I, who has, who has always been the person that's just kind of whoever I am, who I am, has always been my thing. We looked in the mirror and realized I am a different nigga. And the fun part is going to be exploring that new nigga. The core of me is still the same. And I still have a lot of the beliefs uh, and values that my father gave me going out into the world. yeah. But there's a lot of shit that I don't recognize. So wow, I I guess that's my I guess that's my favorite moment of twenty twenty one that that realization. Um, that's a good question. Thank you. Yeah, y'all y'all really
1: coming up with some introspective shit here. But also, I had to struggle to 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 discern twenty twenty one from twenty twenty. It's all been like a long ass
0: it did, month. It did kind of bleed together. It's did. been the longest two weeks ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't lying um d j burn oh man shout out to you I I, mm-hmm. I I love you i'm always glad you're in good health uh wants us to know as we entered the last week of 2021 i've learned that you can't that you can keep going long after you think you can't please normalize it no matter what happens in your life to so always keep your mental health first and a priority for yourself so 2022 we're ready for you see you at the top Hit him with the fucking air horns. Hit him with the air horns. That is air horn worthy. He ain't lying. Yeah. We talk talk a good game and we pay a lot of lip service to mental health and keeping our mental well-being first. And quite often we throw that shit out the window when it's convenient, when we're when we speak of other people, the first chance we get having said that, I think people are starting like people are paying lip service to it and not everybody has followed those, those values. I think we're going to see a change in that because I think people are experiencing it more. Yeah. I think people are coming to a point where it's unavoidable in their personal lives and quite honestly i i hope that this is a that that we're entering an era that is kind of pulling away from where we've been coming out of that 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 first phase that major phase of the pandemic where we all kind of came out very self-centered and only kind of interested in the advancement of self, yeah. Um, because as you said before, you've had a whole year to kind of be alone with yourself mm-hmm. and
1: and be your own echo chamber. Yeah, I, I think I think if anything, what I hope we can take out of this once we eventually come out of this shit is I think for the last two years now, each of us has really had the opportunity to look at really how fragile we are in a lot of ways. There there are things about ourselves that we never had to address before because we were never necessarily confronted with them. And, and sitting in that, you know, sitting alone in a four-corner room looking at candles um, does change things quite a bit. Correct. So I, I hope what this does... Is that even if you are not outwardly, you know, expressing your fragility, or your your innermost um, thoughts to other people, that you are at least more self-aware of of who you are and what makes you tick, and 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 really have honest discussions with yourself and others about what your needs and your wants are as a human being. Because um, I I will tell you, you know. Personally, I'm I've I'm usually a brick wall mm-hmm. of emotion to most people. And this year in particular, I've 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 had to um peel off the bandage to to really take a look at myself and 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 see not only what type of person I am, but how the type of person I am affects other people. In ways that may not have honestly, you know, been addressed before. And it's life changing. And I, and I just hope that people have that level of honesty and, and intuition with themselves going forward to be like, you know, this is who I am. I don't, you know, I'm not necessarily this person that I've projected myself to be all these years. I am really this person and it, and it's perfectly okay for me to be that person now. That's heavy. Yeah that's heavy and accurate and fair and
0: you know it kind of reminds me of, like it's weird how much i refer to true detective um that season that season 1 i'm sorry the season 1 was powerful dog yeah um where it, because more than a more than a mystery usually should it was very much these people's these characters kind of referendum on each other Uh and Woody Harrelson in his character in the very rare moment of real honesty emotionally about another person he was kind of like about uh, Matthew McConaughey's kind of hardcore kind of irreverent care he was like well he never really in relationships he never really knew how to convey what he needed yeah, and that was that was a bigger that was more powerful and a bigger deal than they kind of gave it credit for, but that's the way a lot of men are bred. Yeah,
1: and that that that's me, not to make it about me, but that's sure, me, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Because i've I've been raised to be self sufficient. I've been raised to be um, emotionally stoic, and to and my parents have told me in those words like. Um, they, they said the same thing to me and my sister. We're raising you to be self-sufficient, independent people who don't have to ask for anything. And oftentimes we take that into adulthood as us not needing anything from people. And and one of the things for me, and I've, I've learned this, especially with the last couple of years, having spent so much time in, in different forms of solitude, like think think about this, everywhere that you go, you're in some degree of solitude because you're told you can't be in a certain proximity of other people. Correct. So even like when I'm at work and I'm around people, I'm still in my office by myself. In your bubble. For most of the day in, in that in that bubble. One thing that I have realized um, over the last couple of years, and especially this year, is that I need people. I need friends. I need people who I can, you know, just bounce conversation and, and 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 emotions and all that other shit off of during the course of the day that that as much as I value quiet yeah. and peace, I cannot exist in a vacuum. And I don't think any of us can really exist None truly in a vacuum. And it wasn't until I finally got a chance to be around my friends again this year that I realized, Man. shit, I miss my friends. Correct, especially now at this stage in adulthood, and I'm a little bit older than you. Yeah, I'm, I'm at a stage where typically people really begin to grow more apart. Right, and and for me, it, I, I realize it's even more important now to to hang on to those friendships that you have, those relationships that you have, and really, and really. Um, Take you know, take heed of the value. Take all, all the value that you can out of them because, shit, the the alternative is living in that bubble, and that bubble is not fun. That bubble is rough. Yeah, I and I agree with you a hundred
0: percent, and I've had to learn a little bit of that too. That bubble is rough. That bubble ain't fun, and honestly, people see the bubble mm-hmm. on you. They see it. Yeah. They see when, and they can see when it's a voluntary bubble. They see the fuck off you have on your forehead or whatever. Yeah. And honestly, doing this podcast has for me has been an exercise, Mm -hmm. a successful exercise, I like to believe, in coming back to people. Yeah. I could have, man, things could have gone away. Had I not had this podcast going into the pandemic, It could have gone a way different way, me being in this pandemic Mm -hmm. and me being by myself seven days a week. Mm. But having to come back to at least one person that comes from a similar similar generation that gets it and that gets the importance now in retrospect of opening up Mm
1: -hmm.
0: has been powerful. And it's a it's a testament to our consistency. It's a testament because I, I I couldn't see myself doing this with just anybody. Yeah. And shows and, and people say all the time they can tell the they can tell the real level of respect and friendship that is here. Southside, Southside for life, Nick man, air horns dog. <laughs> Southside for Lil' Neil. You know what I'm talking about. And, you know, it just shows the level of community that can occur even between two people. Yep. So, that's that. Um, thank y'all for those questions. Those, that, that was some good shit. Um, It is time. It is time. It's
1: time!
0: It is the moment y'all have been waiting for.
1: Fighting! <laughs> Fighting!
0: <laughs> Boy... Boy, Bruce Buffer be on it, nigga. Like, boy, you can tell when you can tell when, hey, you can tell when the check big. Oh, it's a good. It, it, it's so much money going around that arena. Yeah, at, at, on the good nights, Rogan's there. <laughs> DC is there. Rogan's head is freshly shined. Yeah, DC is there, waiting on Jake Paul to waiting on Jake Paul to jump. Stupid. Get you know what? Get DC. Get D.C. Because Jake Paul had some shit to say about him, too. Mm -hmm. Get D.C. Um, D.C. will get that man some straightening real quick. Um, It is time for for the 2021 STFU Awards. Wow. Who are the people in the year that need to shut the fuck up? We're talking about the cream of the crop. The bottom of the barrel. People who have made a quantum leap in the era. In the era, of shut the fuck up.
1: This was a banner year for it too. This
0: was a huge shut the fuck up year. So these finalists truly earned it. Um, let's start with the award for most punchable face. Damn. The nominees are ASAP Rocky.
1: Really, I don't like his face next to Rihanna's. <laughs> I just don't well, apparently that was not the only thing next to her, oh boy, oh. Kevin Samuels, okay, much
0: deserved Jason Whitlock, of course, Elon Musk,
3: yeah,
0: and I'm adding one. This is a last minute write in nomination, okay. Jake Paul, oh man. Yeah, that is a punchable face.
1: I'm gonna throw in Ted Cruz's honorable mention just because I just I just hate his face. Yeah,
0: we should. Uh, but, yeah, uh, and, it's, and it's twice as stupid with the fucking uh, goatee he's trying to do.
1: Rogaine ass goatee that he got. Okay,
0: he, he didn't make quite a as big a wave. Well, he just he just and didn't. shut the fuck up this year. He, he he had to fuck up during the freeze. Yeah.
1: but. I just hate his face. I, I As do I. All like, t- all Texans really hate Texans. Like, groups. just face. Put his head next to Greg Abbott and just let me slap the fuck out of both of them. Just in a row like the Three Stooges. <laughs> um, and the winner for most punchable face. Because you know if you punch Jason Whitlock, your, your hand's just going to sink into it. <laughs> Fred Dukes looking ass.
0: Oh, man. The winner is Kevin Samuels. Oh, I... Kevin Samuels, come get come yeah. on down and get and get the shit slapped out of you. <laughs> um, this was a tough one because I'll be honest. Jake Paul had a good had a had a real brand year. Yeah. For shut the fuck up. And his face, he has made a brand off of just how punchable his face is and how badly we want to see somebody get him the fuck out of here. It only takes one. Somebody going to slide just one. Just one day. person just slide in just real good. One. Floyd couldn't do it. Well, they wouldn't let Floyd do. They wouldn't do let it. Floyd. They do wouldn't it. let Floyd do it, let's be honest. Um, Kevin Samuels everything about his little condescending, narcissistic little squidward looking fuck face looking like a looking like a slightly less less well-dressed Mr. Peanut. Everything about him makes you want to fuck him up. His little condescending smile, um, the way he the way he laughs at people saying completely reasonable things. There's nothing about him that I, that doesn't make me want to slap the shit out of him. Man. But his face has to be chief among them. So congratulations! <laughs> so congratulations! Kevin Samuel for being a perfect banner asshole. Um And now on to the award for breakout STFU star. Oh wow. The nominees are I really could uh, I really could add Jake Paul to this too. <laughs> um Kevin Samuels and Emmanuel Acho. Oh. Yeah. Emmanuel Ancho, his rise to shut the fuck up was so incredible. Right. Because we had such expectation out of him. A lot of people didn't know him before he um hosted the Bachelor finale. Mm-hmm. Uh and you know, that and he had the he had the advantage of looking far blacker than Matt James. <laughs> <laughs> well, like when he showed up, we was like, oh, they went and got a nigga. With a full
1: beard. Yeah. Look at that. A dark-skinned nigga. With an actual Nigerian name. Yeah.
0: And then, you know, we had, and then it was on his roster that he used to uh, knock that, well, not knock not down. Cause dated. Sure, you dated. Yvonne <laughs> uh, uh, Orji. Yeah. And we was like, oh, well, he can't be so bad. Mm. And then he went light on the Bachelor finale. He pulled punches. Yeah. We was like, oh, this motherfucker.
1: He's trying to keep a check.
0: Trying to keep a check. And then we saw that he had a a book called Uncomfortable Conversations with White People or some shit. With black people. With black people. Okay. With a black man or something like that. But clearly written for white people. Yeah. Um and then he we figured out that he is trying to take Stephen A. Smith's title of saying stupid shit, stupid, unfounded shit. Um, that he probably doesn't really believe on ESPN because ESPN, ESPN has completely degraded itself into – well, I can't say it's degraded itself because it's become a mirror image of exactly how fucked up the sports industry mm-hmm. is. Um, The winner for breakout STF U-Star, I got to give it to Emmanuel Acho. Absolutely. Emmanuel Acho has a more dangerous platform. Come on. At the end, yeah, go ahead and give him this clap up. Yeah. Emmanuel
1: Acho has a more dangerous
0: platform
1: because Emmanuel Acho has a budget. Yeah, unlike, unlike Kevin Samuels, Emmanuel Acho can do most of his content creation outside of his living room.
0: Right. And, you know, we, we see he's getting endorsement deals now. He's selling one of them cars. I don't remember which one.
1: Um, you won't see a random dude in a bed behind him in the studio. <laughs> um, you and
0: also at the end of the day, no matter what dumbass shit Kevin Samuel says, you can always you can always go back and say, well, he's just a YouTube nigga. Yeah, he's just a YouTube nigga. He's just another one of these. He's just another one of these unqualified fucks talking shit. Um, Emmanuel Acho has a platform. Emmanuel Acho has people ready to give him money just mm-hmm. to talk. Um, he's, and he's, that
1: bag—and this is only entry-level baggery. Right. He's one viral moment away from having his own Fox, his own Fox News show.
0: Correct. Um. So yeah. Um. Congratulations, Emmanuel Acho. Um.
1: I hope your hairline recedes rapidly. Um
0: the Nobody Asked You Award Ooh. Um for excellence in unsolicited everything. <laughs> the nominees are Boozy Badass. Of course. Nick Cannon ah. and Stephen A. Smith. Oh. This is a tough one. And the winner is the the, the award for Nobody Asked You. Goes to Nick Cannon. Okay. Yeah. Nick Cannon says tons of shit that we don't need to hear, that we don't give a fuck about. We've had to hear who Nick Cannon has maybe, who he's knocked down, who he's cheated on.
1: And that's all coming from him.
0: (laughs) All coming from him. Uh, Who he has impregnated, who he plans to impregnate next. All these things we don't give a fuck about. Um and much much like his uh stand up none of it is funny.
1: Yeah, he is the definition of oh nobody's talking about me right now. Let me let me just tell you what kind of bullshit I'm doing.
0: This nigga is a trifecta of suck. <laughs> he's a terrible comedian. Yes. He's a terrible actor. Yes. And he's an even worse rapper. Mm. Like you could literally only put Nick Cannon in a verses with like,
1: Bow wow! <laughs> oh, I missed I missed the low hanging fruit there.
2: Oh man! Well,
1: no, he couldn't even stand on the same same stage with Wale. Oh no! Wale get him the fuck
0: out of there. Yeah. What 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 is Nick? Here? Well, no, because he just because he just go play Jigolo twenty times. Oh, I don't know what that is. He only has... It's 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 literally the, the only song he's known for. I'm a gigolo. Featuring, I shit you not, R. Kelly. <laughs> 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 I shit you not. Um, Man. Nick Cannon needs to shut the fuck it, up for he a long time. Knew. <laughs> Fam. Well, he knew. He knew. He's one of the people I definitely believe knew. Yeah. Um, just wait. Just wait till that Just J- Maxwell shit come out. Just wait. She he, she got a I'm t- she got a Nick Cannon folder. Nick Cannon R Kelly. She got a folder. They,
1: he was probably too corny to get to the island. <laughs> They're like you nigger with your turban on. Take that shit all the way down.
0: <laughs> Not with the hard er and the turban. Yeah, they were like nah.
1: Oh, uh, man. We've seen. What was was the Nickelodeon show he was on? Does it matter? Yeah. You were the least funny person on that show. Yeah, go ahead. He was on all that, wasn't he? Yeah, Pilot, could you take him back? (laughs) Y'all couldn't even bring Kel.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. We'd have taken the fat white girl. Um, Oh, man. No. No jokes. No, 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 no esteem jokes. Um, Yeah, Nick Cannon, sucker dick. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Um and of course the big one we've come to the moment yes the Donald uh, the SCFU of the year award I call it the Donald Joseph Trump Award for excellence in douchebaggery <laughs> The nominees are The baby ooh Dave Chappelle okay wow Kevin Samuels mm-hmm. and Boozy Badass. Let me look at this for a second.
1: The baby. Short nigga, a lot of extra teeth. Raps over <laughs> Raps over flutes. <laughs> and and just brings out baby mama drama that nobody cared about. Okay. Oh man. Dave Chappelle. Made a bad joke once,
0: tripled down on it. <laughs> And has not shut the fuck up about it since. Yeah.
1: Um, what was the third one? Kevin Samuels. Kevin Samuels. Fuck him. The him. head narcissist in charge. And Boosie Badass, who regrettably <laughs> was freed several years ago, despite our, and I say our, you and my urgent pleas to not release Boosie. It was like, okay. it was like letting Rita Repulsa out for the Power Rangers.
0: <laughs> After 10,000 years, I'm free!
1: Like, he was... He was whoever found the final Horcrux (laughs) and released Boosie Badass. Okay, (laughs) now I got it.
0: All right, I'm ready. Does that mean the baby is no? No, I'll, I'll go back to that. Actually, okay. And the winner for the STFU Award of the Year for 2021, the Donald Joseph Trump Award for Excellence in Douchebaggery, goes to. Boozy badass. Oh. Good choice. Boozy bad it, it, it's it's almost not even a contest. Yeah. I, I mean, this motherfucker would not shut the fuck up about anything at all. And and and, and it like he went from Vlad <laughs> being the biggest platform he would ever have to being on Revolt to just to despite being kicked off of Instagram, being Instagram's like Number one attraction. His opening statement was supportive Bill Cosby. His opening statement was support of Bill Cosby. He went on to slut shame, Lori Harvey. Um, most recently his oldest son. Uh, I want to look this up. Actually, his oldest son uh, has a, now has a baby. got some woman pregnant. He has a baby on the way. How old
1: is his oldest son?
0: I'm about to look that up. I'm pretty sure he can't be older than like 16 or 17. Um, and what type of mutation does he have? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? Boozy has been going around saying that um, the only reason he has a baby on the way is because this woman trapped him. Mm. Let, me, let me just say, there are
1: there are better people to trap. Number one. Number two. If you shoot up the club raw, is it being trapped? It's not a trap. Did she extract the semen from your balls? I doubt it. He's oh he's he's eighteen.
0: Oh, his wow. eldest son Tootie Raw. I don't even. I'm not even. I'm. I'm no. I'm not unpacking that. Nope. Tootie Raw, and his girlfriend Ramaya the rapper believes his baby his son's baby mama has an ulterior motive for carrying to these children a 38 year old boosie's 38
1: god damn and has 8 kids y'all really be letting ugly niggas hit like that <laughs> <laughs> you know what's wild is that dudes dudes will slide up into a woman completely unprotected presumably numerous times and then be like, uh, oh, she trying to trap me. Nigga, you willingly donated that. You knew what the fuck time it was. And I and I and I like how y'all, you know, we support every woman's right to an abortion and to to have control of their own body. But it's wild how y'all think that like abortion is just birth control for y'all. Right. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I shot up. Um, yeah, go and take care of that. No. It, 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 it's, it's, it's her choice. It, it, it was your choice to shoot up. It's her choice to either retain or
0: not. And Boozy, and but this isn't even the worst shit Boozy has ever said. No. Boozy says wild shit almost. And, and you have to give him the Shut the Fuck Up award off of consistency. There was a time when this nigga seemed like, it seemed like this nigga was on the list on this podcast every week. He's definitely been on the list more often than
1: anybody else this year.
0: Maybe more often than anybody else, like, ever on this podcast. Like, he had a meteoric rise to shut the fuck up. I've never seen anything like it. And shut the fuck up was already kind of the baseline for Boozy. Like he was already just and I blame Vlad. Of course, I always blame Vlad. Um, and this is another reason I want people to just stop talking of Vlad. Uh if I thought they would sell, I would make stop talking of Vlad t-shirts. Um stop giving this motherfucker a platform. I think um now Revolt gives him a platform whenever they feel like it. Stop going to stop it Justin LeBoy.
1: Honestly, Justin Leboy could have been a breakout at Shut the Fuck Up star. Yeah, I, I, but I enjoyed watching Boosie um, get repeatedly owned by Lil Nas X over the course of the year.
0: I was gonna say if this if if, if this nigga had Horcruxes, if this nigga was Voldemort, Lil Nas X was never long bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Lil Nas X kept having Boosie show his whole yeah. natural ass. Literally and figuratively. Oh man, you talking about you talking about a nigga playing on another nigga's emotions. Boy, Boozy
1: Boozy was at Boozy had emotions come out that he didn't know he had. I I I, I think at some point Boozy has not Boozy, Lil Nas X has to publicly credit Boozy for um inspiring him to to break boundaries in the way that he's done over the last year or two. I, I think a lot of that would not have been possible without um, um, encouragement from from Lil Boosie. As a matter of fact, we have to go ahead and give Lil Nas X because
0: without him, there would be no, there would be no Boosie as we know him. Yeah, we got to go ahead and give him a clap. Up. Yeah, we clap him up, Thank you Lil Nas X. Thank you for all your hard work in trolling the shit out of a willfully ignorant man. Yes, a ridiculous man. Um. I ask you again. I ask my audience again. Was Wipe Me Down worth it? Mm. Was it I ask you?
1: I don't think it was. I've always had questions about Wipe Me Down, but I'll I'll save that for another time. That might be Patreon. That might be some Patreon shit. I'm writing it down right now. That might be
0: some Patreon shit. Um, D. Randall, have we done a podcast?
1: (sighs) We've done 165. God damn, we hit us with the air horns, and I want to say, and I want to say, this year we may have missed three or four, a tops. handful, maybe a small handful. Man, it,
0: it it we've had a good run. We've had a good run this year, a uh, better run than I suspected we would have. Yeah, with just everything going on, Consi- I people keep asking me about how to do how to do a pocket. Consistency is key. Yep. Consistency will, I promise you, every time consistency will get you to the mountaintop. Um, you show me two niggas as consistent as us, and I will give you what um, Cuba Gooding Jr. and Jerry Maguire would refer to as the Quan. <laughs> I will show you the Quan. Um, any, any, um, any last episode of 2021, anything you want to say, anyone you want to
1: thank, church announcements at all? Uh, I, I do want to, um, and I don't even know if he listens to the podcast, but I want to put it out in the ether. Um, my rap partner, Mike, um, his his wife lost her battle with cancer uh, on Christmas night oh, after a very long ordeal with it. Um, you know, I, I do want to send love and light to him and his sons. And and the rest of the family, um, I also wanted to say fuck cancer, fuck cancer all fuck, the way, fuck cancer eat a whole dick, shit, and I, I sick I ho- of this shit. I hope someday that we can attack cancer with the same aggressiveness as white people refuse to wear masks or or to get vaccinated. I, um, this shit will be over in two weeks if if we ever did that. With the same aggressiveness that boozy attacks
0: <laughs> everyone yeah I, I mean.
1: <laughs> yeah but um i feel very good about 2022 um i said the same thing about 2021 and there were a lot of high points in 2021 there were there was a lot of growth um, i think 2022 I, i'm i'm really looking forward to it um you know personal growth professional growth creative growth same and you know um you know Cherish each other, cherish your friends, um, your relationships, your family, everyone around you, uh, because tomorrow is not promised. Speak on it, son. And, uh, you know, I'll leave it with that. Um,
0: I want to thank everyone. Um, I want to thank the listeners. Um, I, honestly, I want to thank some of the haters, because some of the haters prompted some of the listeners to come here. Um, I want to thank everybody that has had a hand, whether it be in merch, whether it be support, whether it be telling a friend to tell a friend, whatever, everybody that had a hand in making this the podcast it is right now at this moment. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. This is the most heart that I think this is the most of myself that I've put into any project endeavor ever. Mm. Um, and what, what I have that? I have every intention to continue doing so. Um what 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 do you have to say D Randall? I was going to say we are going to do a live episode next year. We got to. We got we're to. We're going to do a live one. We got to. We've been talking a lot of shit about this. We got to do it. It's going to happen. Um I want to thank I I want to thank my partner D Randall. Oh yeah. My yeah. partner D Randall for sticking with this. Like I I I always think of myself as an outlier in how I can stick with something and consistency but he has matched my consistency Mm -hmm. and in pretty much every regard despite him having more of a life than me (laughs) wow I mean you know and a career a family all that shit um and just I, I, you know, I would not do this with anybody that I felt like was going to flake on me, mm-hmm. and it would reflect in my drive. And he has matched my drive and honestly driven me to be better at what I do. Mm. Um, and i I hope we're I I hope we I hope we keep doing this for as long as we can do it. Yeah. Uh. So. Um thank yeah, clap clap this man up, uh, man. Clap
1: clap yourself up.
0: This is the most consistent nigga in the game. Got Mm. to be. Got to be. Got clearly. I I I I would say that in any in any facet, in any venue, this is one of the most consistent niggas you can work
1: with. I don't know who can stand on the same
0: stage as me. (laughs) (laughs) Um thank you guys, man. Um we gonna be here. Y'all know what it is. We're gonna be here. We're gonna be here to help y'all get through this, for y'all to help us get through this. We need each other. That's what community is about. And we are gonna continue to exemplify that as long as we can do it. Um we will be back next week yep. uh with more foolishness and fuckery. Y'all know what it is. Um might try a couple of new things out. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. Um until then. This has been episode... 165, keeping it live. ...of Opinions Wild Black. I have been Oz. I have been D. Randall. And as always imparting... ...titties. Mm. 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 Preferably... Preferably titties, but... Y'all be wearing them little... ...them little... ...leotard type joints... ...where you can see the nipple poking out and shit. <laughs> y'all ain't slick. Y'all ain't slick. It, 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 Y'all know what y'all be doing. Bye, niggas.